From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. Are you this is Roz yes. and Mocha. Yes. It's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. The Chainsmokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Carr. You're listening to my boys Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My boys Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. Mocha. Roz. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! Wow! You just won $1,000. That is amazing. Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hey, you got the Roz and Mocha Show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, how are you? Not bad. I'm, I was hoping you could do me a bit of a favor for my um, 11-year-old's birthday. My oh. son, Spencer. Oh, okay. Would you guys be able to play around a snap for him? Oh, God. <laughs> You're such a troll. It ain't your kid's birthday. I bet you don't even have a kid. You want top field? Yeah, put them on. Put them on. Okay, one sec. Here you go. Yeah. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I'm just eating breakfast. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm really curious as to what you're having, but we have other business to take care of. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with what kids eat. I love it. <laughs> I have so many questions. Happy birthday, Spencer. Thanks. Okay, Spencer, your dad just called us, right? Spencer. 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 Yeah? Okay, do you know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> okay, your dad just called us, and he said something. He said that you wanted something for your birthday from us. What was that? What was it? I can hear the dad. I can hear the yeah. dad mouth. What? Oh, what's it called? Oh, yeah. Just put your dad back on the phone. Hello? Yo, you can just call us and say, hey, guys, can you play Snap? I'm a big Wait, fan. Wait, pause everybody. Is this hey, Mark? No, my, yeah, my game's no trades. Okay, Mark, you call us all the time to ask for I games. Do. Okay. Right? So why don't yeah, you just say, I'm... hey, guys, what's up? It's Mark. Can you guys play a game? Stop because using your kid. When you guys say happy birthday to people on the air. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we will always say happy birthday to your kid, man, but you don't have to say my kid wants. Your kid had no idea what you were talking about. Oh, I explained the game to him last night. He wants to hear Mocha screaming. Oh, you explained <laughs> the game to him. Okay. So you signed so this out already. Okay, so, yeah, so he's not a big fan. You're the big oh, fan. He, oh, believe me, he was a pretty big fan when I showed him a clip. Okay, okay, okay. That but, was, was going to be my side oh, request. Okay. Maury's got a kick butt this time. Oh. Sorry, Mocha. Also, Mark, uh, I know typically when you call, here's how sly Mark is trying to be. Because yeah. typically when you, when you call, because we have call display here, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark usually calls and it shows his first and last name, right? Yeah. Mark today is calling from his wife's phone. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it should say Anthony Trevinsky. No, no, it says Miss. It says Miss? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's how weird. <laughs> it's, no, if you double check. It, it says Miss. Number. No, it says Miss on the name. Miss and then your last name. That's weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I just checked. He's not even trolling you, man. Oh, yeah, how yeah. weird. Yeah, anyway. No, straight up, I'm not. Uh, I'm for for your kid, because it's his birthday and he's only 11, of course we can play Snap. Just give us a sec, okay? Awesome. You guys are awesome. All right. All right, buddy. I hate you. Well, have a great day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> New game alert. New game alert. Okay. This is... Snapped. Oh, it's been so long. It's been so long. That's what she said. It's been so long. Um, this is Snapped. If it's your first time hearing Snapped, it is very simple. It's a trivia-based competition between Mocha and Dammit Mori. And each of them have a giant elastic band around their neck. 
and I will ask questions. You gentlemen will buzz in. If you get a question wrong, you get snapped. You have to pull the elastic, hook the elastic around your thumb, extend your arm all the way, let it go, and let it snap your neck. I love this game. I hate this game. I know. It's the worst. I always, always get bruises on my <laughs> neck. That lasts like five, six days. Uh, Dammit, Maury, hello. Hi, how are you, my friend? Good, good. So, Dammit, Maury, if you could let people hear your buzzer, please. Mocha? Maury again. Mocha. I will be asking the questions. You gentlemen buzz in. Uh, you get a question wrong. You get snapped. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your categories today, gentlemen, are spoiler alert. Uh-huh. I will spoil the movie or TV show. You tell me what show or, t- oh, or movie God. I just spoiled. Okay, yeah. And then the other category is board games. Oh, board games. Uh, Mocha, I will let you pick the category oh. today. We'll go with uh, spoiler alert. Oh. Spoiler alert. Okay, here we go. Maury, are you ready? Always. Mocha, you ready? Yeah. Spoiler alert, Ghostface was Billy and Stu. Mocha. Face off? Incorrect. Maury for the steal? Ghostbusters. Incorrect. Uh, Gentlemen, I was looking for Scream. All right. I was looking for Scream. Oh, none of us got snapped. Thank God. Here we go. Uh, Spoiler alert, they were in the bad place the whole time. They were in the bad place the whole time. Maury. The one, oh my god, um, oh, Mocha, the others, no, with Nicole How is he Kidman? able to just do no, that because you ran out of time. Uh, no, uh, gentlemen, I was looking for the good place. Oh, I never watched that. Jeez, spoiler alert, verbal kint is Kaiser Sose, uh, Mocha, usual suspects, correct. Oh, yes! All right, Maury. Uh, now what happens is Maury gets snap, which means, Maury, hook your thumb underneath your elastic, extend your arm all the way out, and just simply let it go. Oh! <laughs> That's a tight elastic, yeah. too. Also, also, I'm just going to say this right now. COVID has put maybe another half inch on that neck of Maury's. So <laughs> there's, a lot more to, there's a lot more to snap. Uh, rounding out the category of spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Jon Snow dies in season five. Maury. Game of Thrones. Correct. Mocha gets snapped. So Mocha, oh, you got a big hoodie on too. You got to make sure that there's no interference, son. Pull that down. Okay, Mocha is now going to hook his thumb underneath the elastic, stretch it out a full arm's length, and let her rip. Oh, that looked bad. That one. I heard that. Oof. Okay, now going on to the category of board games. I will give you the clue. You simply name the board game. Okay. Plum, Mustard, Scarlet. Mocha. Clue. Correctamundo. Maury, hook that in underneath your thumb and let it rip. Like, just go. Hold on a second. You're, don't keep doing this. You're stretching that elastic out. No, but I Hold it up. To, keep, no, that arm, I... keep that arm extended. Now let it go. No. Oh, oh. I think it hit him in the bottom of the ear. It was very close. He was holding it very high. I was like worried about the trajectory on that coming back at him. All right, moving on to the category of board games. Can we stop for an hour? Here we go. D's are worth two. K's are worth five. Maury. Scrabble. Correct. Damn. God. That's how you do that. Okay. okay. Here we I'm go. I'm going to go on Mocha the same side of the neck, the which is out. the right side of my neck, yes. because I'd rather have bruises on one side as opposed to all over my neck. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. I hate this game okay. so much, guys. Mocha, no under joke. the thumb, arm okay. extended all the way out now. 
He's already grimacing all the way out. <laughs> oh, God. Well, he was hopping around like he had a cockroach <laughs> in his undies. Okay, hold on. So, yeah. yo, we're tied at two. Yes, we are. Should we just we're stop? tied at two. No, 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 no. Here we go. Moving this... on to the category of board games, gentlemen. Answer the questions. Collect your pie pieces. Move. Maury. A trivial Pursuit. Correct. <laughs> Sorry, Mocha. I know it's not your fault. I know. Okay, all the way out. Mocha has it extended. Here we go. Snapped one last time. And... Oh, 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 o
Already, if we're gonna continue on this way. Okay, so who else is here? Who else is here? <laughs> you want that bike, Pee Wee here? Excuse me. What? That's Pee Wee Herman. Do you have anybody from like this century that you do? Bazinga! Yeah, <laughs> that's Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> but why are you doing it in your in, in your, your normal voice? voice? You know what? I, I I find more that sometimes when you do voices. Your celebrity voice, like your character voice, is very, very similar to the times that you've tried to be sexy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you mean, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. I'm having a real dumb moment today. Oh, no. Why? Because I'm trying to understand this headline. Okay. And the mechanics and how this is actual po- actually possible. Okay. And it could just be that today of all days, I'm extra tired, so I'm just not fully grasping everything right okay. now. hit me. But Alec Baldwin and his wife, Ilaria, yeah. just had their sixth kid together. Right. You don't have to say it with the accent anymore. Oh, I don't? No. Oh, okay. I can just say hilaria. That, that, that was a whole scam. That was a whole or thing. hilaria. Yeah, that was a whole thing earlier. How? What are we supposed to say now? Hilaria or hilaria? I think her name was. Yeah, I think hilaria. Because I think hilaria is still a little no, too I, accent-y, I actually, I actually right? think it's hilaria. Hilaria. Yeah. Or hilaria, maybe. So hilaria and Alec Baldwin welcome baby number six five months after baby number five. Right. I imagine they're using surrogates. Why didn't I think of that? What else could it have been? Thank you. So why wouldn't the article say that? But what did you read the whole article? I did. It or never did you mentioned, just get stuck on the headline? Well, the headline's been stuck in my mind as I'm reading through the article, but it never mentioned anything about surrogate. Or, 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 the, or the previous kid could have been a surrogate. And then this one was, I don't know if she was pregnant or not. Maybe she was pregnant. I don't know a whole lot about that. Because I hadn't them. seen pictures of her. Right. Not that I like creeper social or anything. No, no. But she went through she went through that whole thing, right? Where she like got caught faking the accent and and everything. Yeah. And so I don't know. See, if I she was, was going into this during all re- that. like and I've been focusing what time is it now? I've been focusing on this article. Yeah. yeah. And reading it and reading it and reading it for yeah. like forty five minutes. Right. And it's not a long article. No. <laughs> it's like three paragraphs. Maybe, if that maybe four look paragraphs. For, maybe look for a different source. But yeah, she got busted. Damn. She got busted um like telling people she was Spanish and she would go on television shows and and uh and and like not be able to say words. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I guess they figured out that that while she was younger that her parents used to vacation couple of times in Spain and she just really took to the culture and then decided that she was just going to adopt it and mm. took on the accent and that it's like was like when you go vacationing and that was to, just it like the UK right for 2 weeks yeah. and then you come back and you have full English accent well people started bringing up Gillian Anderson during all of that because really? because Gillian Anderson if you like Gillian Anderson does a perfect English accent yeah but Gillian Anderson's a weird one because when because Gillian Anderson legit did spend like half her life in the UK and then half her life in the US. And the way that I understand it is because sometimes you see interviews with Gillian Anderson and she has an American accent. Yeah. And then other times you see interviews with Gillian, uh, with Gillian Anderson and she has an English accent. 
And I think that the way that Gillian Anderson lives her life is that if she gets off a plane and she's in the United States, she has an American accent. And as soon as she goes to the UK, she just speaks in an English accent the entire time she's there. Really? Yeah. For like what? in life, not even just not even oh, like for, like for to a match role. with the surroundings. Yes, like just in life. Like she, if she's in the UK, Yo, didn't Madonna try to do something like that but, back but in the day? It's different though. But Madonna just like Madonna was it, like right? one of those people that went on vacation yeah, and and, and came back with dreads and started telling people to, to back off. I'm on island time. No, but Madonna <laughs> right? still, like that was that was that was Madonna, Madonna still puts the accent on in all of her videos. But I don't know what Madonna's accent is though. It's like a hybrid of sort of like old English American. Well, it's because sort she has a thing, home in London, right? Yeah, but you don't adopt when you, if, when you're after forty. It's you, you don't you don't adopt an accent like that like that but uh, but Gillian Anderson speaks in an English accent when she's in the UK mm. and she speaks in an American accent like even with friends like she gets off the plane right well, it blew my like mind. Cheerio? yes it blew my mind when I heard Gillian Anderson's on sex education I had no idea and on that show she uses the English accent what do you mean you had no idea she was on sex education no no I had no idea she had an accent till I heard it on sex education yeah, but that's like, but, it, but that's it's, acting, though. But that's isn't act- it? Yeah. No, no, she, no. Jillian Anderson has an accent. No, this is what we're saying, Maury. Bro, you know, but I didn't know that till I saw it on that show. Is no, what I'm no, saying. No, but what I'm saying is that Jillian Anderson doesn't have an accent. No, she does. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. You want to say yes, she does again? Okay. <laughs> Maury, Maury, what I what I just said. What I just what I just said is like, you know what I mean. It's like you come in, like you come in and you uh, look at me, right? Yeah. Like you stare and I'm like, okay, like I think you're listening, right? No, but no, but okay. I had this whole conversation with I believe you when sex education came out and you're like, oh, well, no, she has an accent. No, I didn't say that. What I said, <sighs> what I said was. <laughs> you just don't listen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, now I'm getting upset because okay. I do listen okay. and I know that somebody told me she has an accent. No, what I said was that she legitimately grew up in the UK and in the US split her time. And I said, the crazy cool thing about Gillian Anderson is the way I understand it is that when she's in the U S she speaks in a full American voice mm-hmm. always. Right. As soon as she gets on a plane and goes to the UK and gets off a plane, she speaks in a full English accent. And which is she's the, there, which is the natural. No, no, they're, which, which I'm asking you, no, which she, is the natural. What I'm saying is that well, both she, are. she spent the majority of her life in America. So, but which one, if you, if you asked her, just speak normally. Depends on where you are. No, no, no. But like, you're like. Um, This is what I'm saying. This is the wild thing about Jillian Anderson is that there is no speak normally. Like you go to Alaska. She's speaking, she's in an American accent. Because Alaska okay, is America. Out of all the places in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so wait. So if she's in America, she speaks. In, okay, so let's say she goes to America. <laughs> let's say she's in Texas. Okay, yeah. What she, she say if she's in Texas? Anyway, now let's say she's anyway, in LA. What did she say? Anyway, anyway uh, I'm sure it was a surrogate for the Baldwin smoker. Right. Is what I was saying. <laughs> you see, um, Alec Baldwin go off on somebody in the comment section on IG. No. So somebody obviously had a problem with the announcement, a fan, and wrote, who's the mother? She wasn't pregnant. She gave birth six months ago. If it was a surrogate, just say that. If the baby was adopted, just say that. If the baby was a product of an affair and you decided to raise it with your wife, just say that. If you don't want to say anything, why don't you both constantly, or sorry, why don't you both... Stop constantly posting and begging for clickbait. Just raise your 100 children in private. <laughs> oh my God. And then Alec Baldwin responded to that guy and said, that you, sh- you should shut day. the F up and mind your own business. Yeah. 
It's just true. <laughs> oh my God. What the hell possessed? People have lost their minds, man. Yeah. They really like, have. These people don't owe you anything. People have lost their minds. They don't owe you an explanation. Like the, the stuff. Who cares? The stuff people say to one another on social media is It's wild. It's wild. It, it's you would never say that to somebody in real life. Yeah. It's a whole different world. It's it's like everybody it's it's like an avatar. It's it's black mirror. It's we have these alter ego personality beings that you are when you're on social media where yeah, a regular you're hiding behind a, your phone. like a regular person can just say to somebody that they don't know and have never met. Yeah, just raise your 100 children raise your, like my god. Like that's so mean. My god. It's so wild. So what did he say again? What did Baldwin say? You should shut the F up and mind yeah. your own business. Yeah. Which I totally agree yeah. with. Now, where was this comment? Like, this comment was just on like... On Instagram. Like, but on his Instagram? His on, wife's Instagram? On, no, on Alec Baldwin. Because when his wife posted so, on Monday, she turned the comments off. So somebody went on Alec Baldwin's IG, one right, of the photos, right. and just commented. So why did she turn her comments off? Everybody was going in on her, too? Because I think it was this was the first They were making, photo. still making Spanish jokes? Yeah, because yeah. this was the first photo she posted since the whole... I'm not I'm Spanish. I'm not Spanish. Yeah. I fake my accent. Yeah. yeah. Are you or are you not Spanish? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And you I just can't win, right? No, you can't. But but also, you know, if you do have opinions on even that, when realistically, like that, you know, you can goof on that because she was going on television and being untruthful. Um, but hey, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> you know, welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to 2020 slash 2021. But uh, but even that, but I think that when somebody has a kid, I don't think that you go in the kid announcement. Like I, I've said some, I've had people come, you know, come after me for things. And I always find it weird when I'll say something, whether it's on this show or on ET Canada or ET Canada Live, and somebody won't like it. Mm-hmm. They won't like something I say. And they they don't find you and DM you. What they do is they'll, like, go on my IG under a picture of, like, my kid and write something really terrible. Yeah. Like, and under a picture that has nothing to do with what I said that offended and you. Fair. And it's just not, it's weird. Like, I'm like what am I going to do? Comment there? Yeah. Like, I'm going to start a fight under, like, in this thread? A beautiful family photo? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, people are just, it, it's such a weird world. I feel world. like it's it's more trolling than anything else. Because they, they're saying something so hurtful or something so mean, hoping that you would... You would yes. Reply, well, and right? that, and that's why. And when it comes to trolling, I, I think that a lot of people miss the mark on on trolling. And I don't really, I don't really subscribe to clap back culture. Clap yeah. back. Oh, the clap back, clap back, clap back. Because most times, trolls. Ninety nine percent of the time, when somebody trolls you, the troll doesn't actually care about oh, anything no. they're saying. The troll is to get a reaction out of you. Completely. So so your clapback, okay, that the, the celebrated clapbacks that we see all the time from celebrities, that's not a win for you. It's a win for them mm-hmm. because the only thing that they intended to do was get a reaction out of you. Which they they did. don't care what they were case, even talking about. All this terrible stuff that this person wrote got the the answer from <laughs> Alec Baldwin, you should (laughs) shut the F up and mind your own business. (laughs) This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. You see this doctor that showed up to court while in surgery? 
Sorry, what? Hold on. Okay. Say that again? Okay. So there was a doctor, Dr. Scott Green, who is a, I think, cosmetic surgeon uh, in California, had a court date. And it was all done through Zoom. Yeah. And so two people from the court office try and get a hold of him. Like the court clerk gets a hold of him through Zoom. Yeah. And then there's a judge on a second call. Okay. But the doctor while he's taking these calls is in the all like the operating room in full scrubs mask patient on the table that can't be allowed okay so here listen to this this is call number one hello are you uh, available for trial it, it kind of looks like you're in an operating room right now <laughs> i am sir i'm in an operating room yes i'm available for trial go right ahead so unless i'm mistaken i'm seeing a defendant that's in the middle of an operating room appearing to be actively engaged in providing services to a patient. I have another surgeon right here who's doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and allow them to do the surgery also. Not at all. I don't think that's appropriate. I think we're going to have, I'm going to come up with a different date. Yeah, okay. that, okay. I 100% agree. Okay. <laughs> highly inappropriate. Okay, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, highly, highly, in a, highly inappropriate. And, uh, and then there was, uh, there was this. I do not feel comfortable uh, for the welfare of a patient if you're in the process of operating that I would put on a trial, notwithstanding the fact that the officer's here today. What's, Sir, I, have another, I have another surgeon right here who's doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and allow them to do the surgery also. Not at all. I'm, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's appropriate. I think we're going to have, I'm going to come up with a different date when you're not actively involved or participating in attending to the needs of a patient. Yeah. Okay. Super so, rude. so by the way, that new date is Thursday. Oh, <laughs> um, so the, the medical board of California uh, says that they uh, expect physicians to follow the standard care uh, when treating their patients. Uh, the board said in a statement that they are aware of this incident and will be looking into it as it does with all complaints it receives. So there is an investigation going on. Uh, the doctor has not commented uh, as of yet, but yes, his rescheduled trial is uh, for Thursday. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So what the hell happened to Mr. Potato Head yesterday? So the story was that they were dropping Mr. from Mr. Potato Head. Okay. And then everybody freaked out. Because people, one, don't like when they get things taken away from them that they feel that they have ownership over, which uh -huh. is weird because he's a plastic toy that stuffs his own body parts up his ass. <laughs> no, you're supposed to do that. <laughs> he doesn't do it. True. Right? <laughs> Arms first because they take up the most room, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah, I got you. So how's he going to do the rest? He needs you. <laughs> uh, and the weird thing was there was always like a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, right? Uh -huh. And then so people started freaking out and you know, woke this and, and other people were praising. And first of all, I, 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 it's, it's wild when different groups start going at something like a company like, um, Hasbro, right? Yeah. Because realistically they're now be, like, they were being praised by people who would normally launch an attack against them for dealing in a world of only plastics. Sure. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like one day you're their friend, one day you're their enemy. Yesterday they just happened to be on the right side of certain people's thinking and then on the wrong side of other people's thinking. But Hasbro had to come out and clarify. I guess they clarified. And they wrote this. Hold that tot. 
<laughs> I love it. Your main spud, Mr. Potato Head, isn't going anywhere. While it was announced today that the Potato Head brand name and logo are dropping the Mr., I am proud to confirm that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere and will remain Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Oh. So I think what's happening is the now overall brand, it's going to be like the Potato Head line of toys. Yeah. And when they showed the box covers, so the new logo just simply reads Potato Head because I think that there's like kids and everything else now. I think that maybe they're trying to build out the Potato Head world. Oh, no. Uh, the okay. universe? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But on the box, so it says Potato Head in the corner. Yeah. And then on the box in the bottom, which is like where the character name would be, it simply reads Mr. Potato Head. And then on the... Mrs. Potato Head one. It just reads Potato Head on the top and then Mrs. Potato Head on the, oh, on the bottom. Okay. So, so the brand, they're no longer going with, the way I understand it anyway, is that they're no longer going with individual distinct brands of the Mr. Potato Head world and the Mrs. Potato Head world and then the, I don't know, the, the kid potato head and potato, dog, kids? Po- potato <laughs> dogs and all of this stuff. Yeah. Now it's just all going to be under the Potato Head brand and, and then you have and then, and, then, and then as you could buy action figures, you would choose Mr. Potato Head, which has all the right. Mr. parts, and then the Mrs. Potato Head, which had the really the same as the Mr. just without the mustache, and they gave her big hoop earrings, right? Yeah, and, and, I th- and I think the eyes had eyelashes, yeah. right? Like I think that that's – but anybody who knows anything about Mr. Potato Head is the first thing that you do is you want both because you want to create something that looks wild. Like nobody looks at Mr. Potato Head. You build it as it cover – when you first get a Mr. Potato Head, every kid does the same thing, which is you look at the cover of the box and then you build it exactly the way it is so you get yeah. that sense of accomplishment, right? And then you're like, do the eyes fit in the ear holes? Absolutely. They <laughs> and then do. you just build monsters yeah. for the rest of your time. You put his arm where the nose goes. Yes. You put the lips where the ear goes. Thank you, right? right? You build monsters mm-hmm. out of Mr. Potato Head. One time you build Mr. Potato Head the way that he's supposed to look. And other than that, you're building some weird deformed version yeah. of what Mr. Potato Head should be because that feels good. But anyway, I think that the brand now is just Potato Head, but there's still a Mr. Potato Head. There's still a Mrs. Potato Head. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, did you watch the Golden Globes? I watched zero Golden Globes. You did? Globes. Really, huh? Yeah. I don't know why. I just I wasn't into it this no, year. No, I th- And I know there's a lot of hype around yeah. it and a lot of hype between, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler doing their hosting gigs from opposite sides of the country. But I don't know, man. They did a great like, job with that. Did the, they? Yeah, the, the lighting was, was for being in two different parts of the country. In two different rooms with two different crews, the the lighting was like spectacular. Well, they like could it have matched up the floor a little better. It looked like they were in the same room. It no. was incredible. Yeah. No, but there was obviously. I mean, they could have matched. Well, because up the that's floor. because they weren't standing in the same room. No, but the both floors had a big circle. They could have matched up yeah. the circle. No, it looked amazing. They did a really great job. Yeah, but but it, the the zoom, like I don't know. I liked people accepting awards on Zoom because it 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 allows people to speak for a little bit longer because mm-hmm. there's no walking up to the stage, there's no applause, there's no any of that, right? Yeah. So time saver. It's, it's it is it is a time saver, but oh my, like I'm just so I'm just so sick of Zoom. 
But how much like, did you love looking inside Eugene Levy's living room? Nah, nah, they were all in hotels. No, that was Eugene Levy's nah, home. I don't know. I don't know. We kept. I was looking at people, and I'm like, that's not. Nobody has that lamp and those curtains in their home. That's a hotel. <laughs> I know hotel lamps and curtains when I or see it was them. Staged. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. No. Some, I understand, the, the, the people that were the people that were at home, you could really tell that they were at home. Like Jason Sudeikis? Like, well, Jason Sudeikis, I mean, the, the uh, Jeff Daniels was the the real one. He was like, he looked like he was in the rec room. <laughs> no, like, Bill Murray was in the backyard. Yeah, but I mean, Bill Murray was in a backyard with a beautiful view over the city and palm trees. Like, his looked gorgeous. I but saw Jeff Daniels was, his, his background <laughs> was uh, a closet and three doors. No. Like, it was, was it really? like, you know, like you know when people used to have that, you know when you used to have a room in your house that your dad would call the computer room? Yeah. Right? That's where my da- dad had that. that. Yeah, that, that's where <laughs> that's where Jeff Daniels was. Like, and he wore and he wore flannel. He was wearing, yeah. yeah, he was blue flannel. Yeah, you're at home. What else? Blue flannel in the like and and. and you wondered what some people were going to do. And some people really went, you know, over the top with the outfits and uh, as if they were there and which was really great to see. But it was also great to see that there was a mix of people who did not like Jake, Jason Sudeikis accepting his award in a, uh, his award in a yeah, hoodie. Which, can I just say with that, like, sure, he accepted it with a hoodie. Yeah. But Joaquin Phoenix came out and presented in a hoodie and nobody said anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think because there was so much. I think, I think also because it was a tie-dyed hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and also Jason Sudeikis hasn't been like in the best place lately. No, I right? know. So I think that kind of contributed to the conversation. Yeah, and I saw his... people clowning on Al Pacino because Al Pacino's still trending on Twitter yeah, right now. Yeah, and I looked at the picture, man. Y'all love Al Pacino, but yeah, bruh, I know. Terrible. That yeah. Jason Sudeikis hoodie is $110 US. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, here is a, do you, we have Jason Sudeikis accepting his um, award, right? Do yeah. we have that somewhere? No, I so uh, so what, we'll play a little bit of Jason Sudeikis uh, accepting his award, and then we'll get the clip of him uh, from Variety explaining the hoodie and why he wore it. So here's Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. Woo! So glad. That show won. I love it so much. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Can I talk now? Yeah? Boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that, I mean, that's, that's nuts. Uh, thank you to the Hollywood Foreign Press. Uh, I mean, this is the... What's going on in the For background? Me, the man? coolest thing that a group of everybody had like people just you know, off camera who were freaking out, like oh, trying uh, to be quiet. That's, that's nuts. Especially uh, that's crazy. Okay, all right. Um, okay. Anyway, so he he thanks everybody, <laughs> and it was a, it was a it was a lovely speech. But but uh, but he was in a he was in a hoodie, and then uh, afterwards he was doing interviews with. Um, uh, Variety sort of did the virtual press room where they were talking to all the winners afterwards. Hold and, on, here. Uh, let me find out. What's it called, Maury? In here. It should be called. Hold on. Where is it, Maury? This one here has many hoodies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you made history being the first actor to win a globe in a hoodie. Does it mean more <laughs> to um, for that hoodie to be representing something that uh, is so important to your sister and to your family? Uh, I think you got to look back at Audrey Hepburn for a uh, funny face. She also wore a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I believe I believe um, when people that you care about do cool, interesting things that you should, you know, support them. So uh, this is no different than that. 
I, I have a multitude of hoodies I could have worn for a multitude of things I believe in and support. And, uh, you know, this one seemed the most appropriate. So the, the, I, hood, I know, I know, I know. So, so the hoodie was part of, uh, his, uh, his sister's organization okay. that, that she runs. So that's what the, the writing on it was and, uh, and everything else. But if you noticed, he had the mustache on and it, re- and it really looked like he was, he was living on UK time. Cause it looked like it was the middle of the night where he oh. was. So, which means most likely they're filming Ted Lasso season oh, two. Right? Love it. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha show podcast podcast. Uh, right before the uh, Golden Globes happened, Oprah dropped um, two clips from her big upcoming interview with Harry and Meghan. The first one, they want to make it perfectly clear that nothing is off the table. Were you silent or were you silenced? I just want to make it clear to everybody there is no subject that's off limits. Almost unsurvivable. Sounds like there was a breaking point. My biggest concern was history repeating itself. You've said some pretty shocking things here. Wait, hold, hold up. Wait a minute. Oh. You're telling me you like chocolate over vanilla ice cream? <laughs> I know. Like, what could possibly be uh-huh. off limits? It's uh, it's interesting. And then here's, uh, here's a little bit more of Harry from that interview. You know, for me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here talking to you with my wife by my side because I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for her going through this process by herself all those years ago because it has been unbelievably tough for the two of us, but at least we had each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah. You going to watch? Mean, oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch. I know, I'm not even me? interested in going to watch. No, not at all. Which is like the most Oprah thing to do. Like, how dare you get me again with yeah. all that stuff I've never wa- you know I've never was? been interested in watching and yet I still watch. When she says, uh, like, no, no topic is, is off limits. I know. But what could that, what could that be though? Because you know that they're not going to get into like Prince Andrew and his no. relationship oh, no, with Jeffrey not. Epstein and, That's off limits. and all that stuff. You I liar. know but that, that okay. I would like to, I would like to get their opinion on that. You know, um, I want to get there and, and as frivolous as it may sound, you know, I thought that Prince Harry had some really interesting things to say about the crown last week when he was on with James Corden. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear them talk more about that. More in depth? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Because that's the every every the, the the public has been fighting about the crown and the the monarchist leagues across all the Commonwealth, you know, yeah. countries have been what's true, you know, what's wanting not. To, yeah, exactly. So, you know, so I would like to uh I'd like to get more of that. I want to find out more about you know, zooming with the Queen and Philip and what that's like. Because the story was that he told on James Corden was that he zooms with the Queen, and when the Queen is done, uh, Philip doesn't hit leave meeting. He just Harry says that he can just like look at the computer, and then he just sees Philip's hand reach up to the top of the laptop and just slam it closed. (laughs) (laughs) I got time for this bollocks. (laughs) The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Meghan Markle is claiming that she is the victim of a, quote, calculated smear campaign by the royal household after it was alleged that she bullied and drove out two assistants and eroded the confidence in a third aide. The Duchess of Sussex claims that the Times article is being, quote, used by Buckingham Palace to peddle a wholly false narrative based on misleading and harmful misinformation about her treatment of staff. Now, her lawyer said um, that Meghan was, quote, saddened 
by this latest attack on her character, particularly as someone who has been the target of bullying herself and is deeply committed to supporting those who have had experienced pain and trauma. Now, this claim was made back in October of 2018 by Jason Knopf, who worked as a communications secretary for Harry and Meghan. Now, he is said to have claimed that Megan, quote, drove two personal assistants out of the household and was undermining the confidence of a third staff member, adding the Duchess seemed intent on always having someone in her sights. She is bullying this person and seeking to undermine her confidence. We have had to re- we have had report after report from people who have witnessed unacceptable behavior towards this person, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, um, Jason Knopf, who now heads up Mayor Harry and Meghan's charitable foundation, um, oh, tried wow. to, at the time tried to get Buckingham Palace to protect to protect this staff member. He claimed uh, were coming under quote unbearable pressure from Meghan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the couple's U.S. lawyers have told the newspaper that it was um, being used by Buckingham Palace to peddle this false narrative ahead of the big Oprah Winfrey interview that is happening on the seventh. Uh, now that said, Meghan is now demanding 1.5 million British pounds and a front page apology from the Associated Newspapers after their privacy case wins. This was going back to um, publishing the handwritten letter that Megan wrote to her father. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what this case is. So they, they ruled was this the on letter. It. it was like right before the wedding. Just after the wedding. Or I believe it was just yeah. after the wedding. Yeah. So that's what this case is now. So now Megan is demanding uh, an apology and legal costs covered. Um, so there's a lot going on before this uh, Oprah interview. This is the Roz and Mocha show podcast. Buzzfeed had this great trending topic that I want to share with you guys. People are sharing the petty, savage, and hilarious ways they get back at rude customers. And oh, as this somebody is my nightmare, this is my nightmare. As somebody who worked retail at one point in my life, um, <laughs> oh man, we'll go through some of these and then I'll tell you my story. All okay, right. uh, this is from a furniture salesperson. Whenever we had a rude or disrespectful customer, I would leave small screws or joints out of their furniture so that it wobbled. Oh my god, <laughs> that's just straight up mean. Uh, one bartender wrote in and said, my tactic was giving rude customers at this bar I worked at their change in the smallest coins possible. Uh, another person wrote in and said, I work at Chipotle, so there's a lot of stuff for rude customers. When someone is nice, I give them a little bit of extra meat at no charge. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure not to forget anything that you asked for. Be as fast as possible making your food. And I might even give you large chips if you ask for regular. Now, when you're rude, you get more juice than beans. The smallest <laughs> bit of meat. The brown older guac and the lightest chip bag with the littlest amount of chips. Oh, and I won't fill your guac or queso container all the way to the top. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's so it's so true. I've been uh and oddly enough, I've been at a Chipotle where I was having my order put together uh-huh. and you could see there was a guy down the aisle from me, like three guys down who was looking down at what they were doing uh-huh. and he was looking to see what they were doing for me. And he ordered the same thing. And as I made my way down the aisle and I'm paying, I'm watching them make his version of what they made for me. Now, I don't know what went on between the two of them, but it looked like a completely different order. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're skimping out on some of the oh, stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, it looked like a completely different menu yeah. item. 
Absolutely, that happens. Another person uh, who wrote said, I used to work at Target, and anyone who works retail knows that the online stock is not completely accurate as to what we actually have in the store. One day, I had a lady call in and start yelling at my employees and then me because we didn't have the particular hair dryer she was looking for. While she was in the middle of her rant, my employee found it in the go backs bin and brought it to my attention. I could have interrupted her and let her know that we actually found it. Instead, I let her scream herself hoarse and told my employee to wait until we close to put it back on the shelf. <laughs> uh, one Go person who's it. a server says, uh, if I was busy and you kept getting all pissed off with me that your food wasn't ready 10 minutes after you ordered it, I would actively find other things to do instead of checking if your food was ready. Oh, jeez, <laughs> man. This is all my nightmare. These are all my nightmares. Again, this is uh, BuzzFeed's trending topic. People are sharing the petty, savage, and hilarious ways they get back at rude customers. Uh, as a server, I always gave the senior discount to women, usually in their 40s or 50s, who were being rude. They couldn't complain because they wanted the discount. <laughs> you could see in their eyes that I just ruined their day. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, Could you imagine one. having that at your disposal all oh, the time? I know. So right? Just, that is I like applied a, the seniors discount for that you. That is a heavy hammer in the bag. I heavy. don't know how much I believe this last one, okay? Okay, yeah. I used to be a baggage handler at the airport. I often got called up to the terminal for gate bag checks. One time, the traveler was swearing at the gate agent who was visibly holding back tears. I took the bag, gave the a-hole a big smile, then took his bag to a different airline and put it on a cart for a flight going to Japan. Wow. Do I, do I suspect that that happened? It has to have had happened, right? People do that kind of thing. That's like extra, extra wrong. <laughs> yes, it I remember is. Yes, it when is I worked wrong. at the Bay, I worked in the kids' department slash baby furniture. So cribs, strollers, <laughs> car seats, all that stuff. Yeah. And anytime someone was being rude to me about checking on like a, a certain item, like that's in the stock room, like if we didn't have it out on the floor, chances are it's in the stock room. But if somebody was being super, super rude, I would be like, okay, let me go check. Right. Yeah. And I go to the, to the stock room and I would see, we would have like 10 or 15 and then I'd come back out because I wanted them to wait, and I'd say, you know what? We don't have any. Most cases, they will say, well, can you check somewhere else? It's like, like another stock room. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Actually, there is. Let me go check. But we wouldn't have another one. I'd go back to the exact same Just stock room. sit and hang for a minute. And I'd wait a little bit longer yeah. next to, like, the 15 cribs that we have of that particular model, and then I'd bring one out, and I'd say, you know what? I found it. It was in another stock room, and you got the very last one. Right. Uh, that's a good play. That's a good... That was a hard flex, though. When you... when How old were you when you worked in, uh, in, in Baby Supplies? Oh, that was between the ages of 16 and, like, 19. Yeah, see, that's a hard thing to, to try and use to, you know, uh, pick up girls, right? You can you could say that you got a job. You could say you work for the Bay, but it's very oh, diff yeah. it's a very difficult play to say I work in in baby cribs. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? No, like, Wait, be like, nobody oh, wants so that. He knows no, about no, cribs and no, 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 no. Right? He knows about car no, seats. You cannot. Seventeen year olds, eighteen year olds cannot say I'm in the baby crib game <laughs> and, <laughs> and use that as a flex. <laughs> yeah, the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. R.I.P. Twitter. That's what's trending right now. And it's still trending, and people are ripping into Twitter for this. Here's what happened. They announced yesterday two upcoming features that they're adding. 
and the one that's got everyone riled up right now is the ability for users to now start charging followers for access to additional content and the ability uh the other feature is to create and join groups based around specific interests much like how facebook has like a facebook group mm -hmm. for different things and we've seen the 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 pay for content on other platforms before like i know facebook has a, a section as well youtube you have to pay for premium content and of course the big one is mm -hmm. only fans right mm -hmm. uh the payment feature called super followers will allow twitter users to charge followers and give them access to extra content that could be bonus tweets access to a community group subscription to a newsletter or a badge indicating your support and what Twitter did was like a mock-up screenshot of what it's going to look like. Yeah. And it showed an example where a user charges $4.99 per month to receive a series of perks. And Twitter sees it, according to them, they see it as a way to let creators and publishers get paid directly by their fans. Right. So, for example, if you are following a mega superstar who's got a big movie coming out. Let's say The Rock, for example, right? Yeah. And he's got a movie coming out. As a super follower, you may get access to a trailer for his new movie before it gets released to the public mm -hmm. a couple days earlier. Mm -hmm. Right? Or maybe he's doing a new drop with Under Armour, and as a super follower, you get access to what these products are going to be before it's released to the general public. Right. So that's why RIP Twitter is trending and why people are freaking out. Uh, so what's this? Why is it? Why is there such a negative view of this? I think people just view Twitter or has always viewed Twitter as just like this free thing. Like, why am I going to pay to see your tweets? You know what I mean? Like, why am I going to pay? Like, if I'm already following you, why am I going to pay additional money to see like what else you have to say or what else you have to offer up? Like, you pretty much say everything that you want to say, put the, the the photos, unless it is something like, you know, these people are not going to post as many photos anymore, right? You want to see these photos that I typically post, or you want to see this, these videos that I typically put out there for free on Twitter? Well, now you got to pay me. I think this, I, I, I don't know, we won't fully know what this is until they unleash the content creators, like yeah. like every other platform. And I think that you have to allow the content creators to dictate what that new community is going to look like. Because I, for me, when I hear you, I, I'm feeling the exact same way. I'm like, why would I, why would I want to be somebody's super follower and pay for their tweets? But I think that what we've learned with social media is that you allow the content creators to dictate where this new platform goes. And like, what if it was not necessarily even in the context of a tweet. What if this was a way for somebody whose largest platform is Twitter to do an exclusive web webinar, sure. um, almost like Masterclass? Yeah. Where or like a TED Talk Yeah, or, or like a TED Talk, where it becomes something new. Like, don't I, I'm not thinking, I'm trying not to think of it in terms of just paying to read somebody's dumb tweets. But what if you then can build specific platforms, mm -hmm. almost groups, 
And Twitter just happens to then be the platform that it's on. It has nothing to do with actual tweeting because the content then becomes something other than a generic tweet or a picture or everything that we currently know about Twitter and how to use Twitter. It can quickly become something else entirely. There are some people I pay for their stupid tweets. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, that's a lot of money. I would rather pay, like, if if it was that, I mean, I I would never pay for Twitter anyway. I would just as soon walk away. Um, but if I was going to pay, if it's about monetizing people's other people's content, which is what this is for Twitter, yeah. I would much rather pay two ninety nine a month just to have a flat fee on Twitter to avoid having to go through paywalls or look at ads. Oh yeah, true, 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 true. Right, but it's just another and still way. Still have everything and still uh, have pop everything up for free. exactly. Right, yeah. but I don't think we know what the platform's going to look like because I, I think that you have to let the content creators like, do what content creators if do. If it's a chance to spend like five bucks to watch Anthony shirtless cook, but I, I do don't. That. Yeah, but it, but that may and it may be that. Because here's the thing: it may be that, but if I don't think. Twitter, but I don't. Th- what we what we know is that people aren't going to try and turn Twitter into OnlyFans. That's what we know. No, so it's going to be something different. But this is how you different. don't have to go to that website. It's a way in case you you know you don't want people if your people yeah. search your web history. If it just says Twitter, then it's an easier way to hide stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's no timeline yet on when these uh, new features huh. will launch, but uh, super follower, super follower <laughs> is my Twitter is launching soon. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. The Billie Eilish documentary, "The World's a Little Blurry," is available right now on Apple TV Plus. Oh, finally. Yeah. Um. They get into a lot of stuff like meeting Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom at Coachella and her not knowing who Orlando Bloom was and immediately <laughs> after meeting him so uh, wild. <laughs> had to Google to figure out who he was. So wild, huh? Um, talks about relationship with Bieber. Not relationship, like boyfriend-girlfriend, but like yeah. meeting him and stuff like that, yeah. right? Because um, we all remember that clip at Coachella when she lost her mind when he was just standing there, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they get into, uh, so we'll get to some of the Bieber stuff in a sec, but I didn't know that she, at the time when they filmed this, that she had a boyfriend. Oh, excuse me. They don't name him like full name. They just call him Q. Okay. In the documentary. And this is, uh, a clip where she talks about missing him on Valentine's day. Cause I guess they just never got together. Right. And they never made plans. I'm lonely on Valentine's day. Miserable. So he sad. Do Haven't gotten anything. And the night before, he'd been really weird and distant and stuff. It was totally fine. We've been great. It's just like, but then they had this plan to go to Big Bear. Like all, like the whole squad was going to go to Big Bear. I was just like, you know what? Have fun. Don't worry about me. I'm miserable and I miss you and I wish you would talk to me. And I have no one else to talk to, but I'm, I'm chilling. So have fun. Shoot. So it's just that regular. Oh, sorry. Uh, his name is Brandon Quinton Adams. Hmm. They call him Q in the documentary and then they start getting into the Bieber stuff which is great because one thing I didn't know is the fact that three days before her debut album was to drop she gets a DM from Justin Bieber saying hey I want to be on your album oh that's a little late it's like three days right before it's supposed to drop too late to make changes now they already put the plastic on it (laughs) exactly (laughs) CDs are at the store yeah (laughs) thanks man so this is Billie Eilish talking to, like, her team about this DM that they get from Justin Bieber. Justin's fanboying over you right now. Justin Bieber? <laughs> She's right now, really wants to work with you. 
I think if you wanted to do a bad guy song with him or a remix, we could do that. But honestly, it doesn't even matter to me because you don't need it. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, but how does Billy reply to his How do I reply if he says, I want to be on your album? Because just say, um, my album comes out in three days, but if you want to jump on bad guy, or I don't know, like, what do you feel comfortable saying? I don't, I do not feel comfortable doing, saying no in any sort of way <laughs> at all to him. There's no way. I, he could ask me to kill my dog and I would. I don't oh even think. Oh my God. <laughs> well, between you and I, do, what do you want? Do you want to do anything with him? Yeah. The f Obviously. Do you want to do, do, do a new song with him and like. No, I do not want to work with him. I do not want to work with him. No, 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 no. Which, do you want him to jump on that guy? Yes. But a remix though. I said, you could literally hop on the song and just say poop, and I'd be happy with it. <laughs> so she was way too nervous to actually work with Justin right. Bieber on a song. She wanted to, but she was just way too nervous, which is why Bieber then recorded his verse for the remix to Bad Guy separately. Right. So she wouldn't right. have to like be a part of that process. Right. Uh, but apparently fans are, are, are loving it. It's out right now. The new Billie Eilish documentary It's called The World's a Little Blurry. Um, they even talk about like when Bieber FaceTimed her on Grammy night. And she freaked out. Yeah. Um, but it's available on Apple TV Plus right now. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. If you watch American Idol last night, everyone is talking about Rhonda Felton today. Oh, the story, the voice, everything, making Lionel Richie cry. Uh, she really captured hearts in any, in every possible way you can capture hearts. And it started off with her incredible story. It was her and her mom uh, who showed up, and she just goes through in detail some of the struggles that they've been through to even just get her to this point. Growing up, it was definitely rough for my mom and I. She was a single mom, you know, with no money, even with her having multiple jobs. We were homeless. We had to live in shelters and um, off of people's couches and cars. It was pretty tough. But I had my mom, so it was okay. No. I know that at times she felt like she failed as a parent. But she did anything that helped us survive and just keep on going. And then she steps out onto that idol stage in front of the judges and sings One Night Only from the movie Dreamgirls. You want all my love and my devotion. You want my loving soul right on the line. Oh. Yo, this girl's only 19 years old. And the judge, like, Lionel Richie's immediately crying, yeah. right? Like, immediately crying. And I think the, the look on Katy Perry's face and Luke Bryan was just, like, stunned. They were all in awe of this young lady's voice. Her name is Rhonda Ooh. Felton from American Idol last night, and she joins us on the Raz and Mocha Show. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? We're doing good. Um, have you have you come down from the high yet of the reaction to your audition on American Idol? I, I, I wouldn't call it a high necessarily. It's um, I would say it's it's a lot to take in. It was such a beautiful story, and and this is I mean you've watched Idol. I'm sure you've been a fan, and you've heard people go on that show and 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 tell their stories of just over coming uh obstacles in in life and your story really really resonated with with everyone um was it more difficult to to sit there and and be so vulnerable telling that story or was it more difficult to stand there in front of Lionel Richie and the other judges and sing for him uh for me 
personally, because I'm a very uh, ironic, but I'm a very private person, kind of secretive person, not intentionally, just a defense mechanism. (laughs) So it was definitely the vulnerability and open up and, you know, you know, just starting off very small for me, it was very big and monumental. So just telling, you know, parts of my story and uh, important parts to me that felt important to to share with people, you know, because I feel like if you give too much of yourself away, then then honestly, where's the mystery? Or what do you have else to give? The uh, the song that you that, that you brought Lionel Richie to tears with, One Night Only by Jennifer Hudson, and there was so much passion when you were singing that song. Why did you choose that particular track for your audition on American Idol? Well, I have one night to prove singing is my life. I have one night to prove this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. So... What other perfect song than to do that with One Night Only from Dreamgirls? Yeah, it was beautiful. And, uh, and and Luke Bryan said that it was a great performance and that he has a feeling it's not your best. In your mind, do you already know what you're going to sing when you hit that Hollywood stage? I have a couple of ideas I'm pondering over very hard. Because you, you don't want to sing something that somebody else is singing because then, you know, then subconsciously, subconsciously you know that they're comparing you to them, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to be your own artist and things like that. So it's, it's kind of hard to pick up songs and make sure they're distinct and they're your style, but also you don't want to be too predictable. Uh, the, the end of your audition ended with your mom um, duetting with Lionel Richie. And I'm, so sure she, I'm sure she's proud of you uh, for making it through yeah. and doing your thing and, and being brave and getting to Hollywood. But that had to have been the, the, the biggest part of her day, right? Yes, that was the peak. I wouldn't say the peak of her life, but <laughs> but it's close. That was she was definitely that was definitely um, wow very very important very um, reminiscent for her. Uh, what was the what was the conversation like after the audition? Did you guys like did you and your mom just leave the room and then that was it, or was there uh, another moment that you had with uh, with any of the judges? Well, so I step outside the room. And, you know, I'm still in shock. That's the first time I've ever seen celebrities. Luke Bryan, he comes through the door, he looks at me, and he goes, you just sang with Lionel Richie. And he kept on, he kept on walking, right? Aww. But I'm in shock. To me, to speak to celebrities, that's really crazy. So I, I didn't say anything, and he just kept on walking. And then Katy Perry comes through the door, and then she looks, and she goes, when COVID's over, I'm going to give you and Mama a big hug. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still shook because I don't know. I, It's so weird because we, you know, we idolize, you know, celebrities and people who are public figures. So it's like I had froze up. I had never, I didn't know what to say to them. Because sometimes you think, oh, do they only remember me because of the show or do they remember me as a person? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to remember you as a person. Yeah. For the person that you are, for your story, and especially uh, the the relationship that you have with your mom, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you, Rhonda Felton. Thank you very much for taking time to join us on the Raz and Moga Show. We cannot wait to see uh, what 
the rest of American Idol has for you, um, I, I believe your story will go well beyond that idol stage. You have such incredible talent, such incredible passion in in the way that you sing. Um, we're gonna, I think we're gonna be hearing your name a lot more past American Idol. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna hold you to it. Yeah, All hold right. yourself to it. You're the one with the talent. You gotta believe in yourself. You're right. You're right. Take care, Rhonda. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you guys later. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. How long has Will Smith been talking about going into politics for? I feel like that topic comes up every couple of years. Yeah. Has it not? I don't know. I I, I don't recall a time where there've been. I know. I, I know. Other people have said that he should, because people always just do that. Oh my God, you should run when they find somebody who's charismatic mm-hmm. and charming and seems to want to do. Oh, that's what right I mean. The, the, the topic of Will Smith running for some sort. But of how long has he been entertaining it, or how long has he allowed questions to be asked about it? Because he was on this. I'll play you this clip. It was yeah. from uh, Pod Save America, which is a great podcast, by the way. Um, and I guess that that topic came up, but much like. Others in his position, Dwayne Johnson or Ben Affleck years ago when mm. he would always get asked. People thought Ben Affleck was going to be the president of the United States of America. Yeah. Um, What's our guy's name? Um, 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 uh, McConaughey. He Matthew, Matthew McConaughey is getting that. Now and then. Exactly. Yeah, right. he's getting asked that all the time now. Oprah, you mm. know, on the, on oh, the list. Oh, Oprah, it's been coming up for Oprah like forever. 25 years or something like that. But, uh, but listen to Will Smith on uh, Pod Save America. I absolutely have an opinion. I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I believe in understanding between people. I believe in the possibility of harmony. So I will certainly do my part, whether it uh, remain artistic or at some point ventures into the political arena. Hmm. I'll tell you this. The only person who's really, I mean, Reagan seemed to do all right, but People forget about Schwarzenegger yeah. because Schwarzenegger was just like The Rock and just like Will Smith and everybody loved them. And presidents were handing over the fitness of America's children to them, to uh, to, to Schwarzenegger, to build these in-school programs for fitness. Yeah. Like Schwarzenegger was that guy before all they were. And he was governor of California, California for how long? A, a while. For a real long yeah, time. He was, he and was, he was still making movies at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crazy. Uh, but the thing with Schwarzenegger was that running for president was never an option for him because he's not allowed. Yeah. Because he's not born American. And so there was something about somebody at his level, because right now the only conversations that you hear when it comes to The Rock or to Oprah or to Will Smith is becoming president. Yeah. And even with Kanye. You know, if anybody was serious, like if they say that they're really, really serious, where public service is your ultimate goal, don't just start with president. You know, if you're actually serious about it, run for mayor of L.A., Yeah. run for governor, do those things. Because Schwarzenegger's legacy in California, even though he was a Republican governor, is incredible. And it and it didn't hurt him in any way because public service was what he wanted to do. Yeah. He really loved California, believed in California. But I, I don't know about these conversations of do you want to be president? Do you want to be president? Like, I think if Will Smith was serious where he did want to be president, I think running for governor of California or New York or something like that, mm-hmm. wherever he wants to sort of say that he lives, would be the would be the smart thing to do. But I like Will Smith. But do you think he's going to give up? 
No. There's like a there's like a there's like a, a renaissance happening right now with yeah. with Will Smith. Yeah, there's no way. He's like on his He's gonna walk away from that. On another level again yeah. of of stardom. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna I didn't think Will Smith could become more famous than he was. Because there was a period there where his kids were more famous than Will Smith was. Oh, big time, yeah. Right? And then he would like pop up to be yeah. like, hey, remember me? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm in my you know, like I'm in Jaden's Jaden's yes. music video. Yeah. I'll pop up in a remix. Yes. You know, like here I am again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it was yeah, it was like in and around <laughs> that time where he started he started doing his yeah. own thing. Yeah, there he was started a, up his YouTube channel. Yeah, started was, to get popular. Exactly. Again. Yeah, there was a big second coming of Will Smith. But um, but I I I like I like Will Smith. I just can't see a guy like Will Smith wanting to walk away from all of that. Maybe I mean, how much money do you need? I guess right. How how famous do you need wow. to be? But that said, that said, when it comes to Ben Affleck, can I see him? No. When it comes to The Rock, no. Definitely. Not. When it comes to Oprah, no. One thing I would be intrigued about is. First Lady Jada. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yo, that red table talk right? would be super lit. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. How you doing, brother? Oh, you know, I'm all right. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 what? Slow down the enthusiasm oh, over there. Stop You're a little too much today. <laughs> uh, Chris Harrison set to do an interview with Michael Strahan on Good Morning America. Oh, yeah, when? Today? Uh, no, later in the week. I don't know exactly when it is. They, I don't think that they've announced it yet. So he's finally going to say something. Either, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people don't want him to come back on the show. Yeah. I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know what you do with that. You know what's weird? What's what? that, Molly? He also did, he also did a Celebrity Wheel of Fortune last week, too. Oh, and it, and it aired? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Was there like a disclaimer or anything? Absolutely. Like, what did it say? It like just previously, said previously recorded. recorded. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah, to. They had to. They had to. Especially Mo- when you had Chris Harrison. Do on we there. have two seconds right now? Like Maury, you've been, Maury has been in the other room. We have a there's a big glass window that separates mm-hmm. us from Maury. Thank God. Um, and every time I look over at Maury, he puts binoculars up to his eyes, and you obviously want to discuss them, correct? No, I got these from my grandmother because I feel so far away sometimes and I can't see you. So I said, can I borrow these so that while I'm in the other room... Why don't you just wear your glasses? Why don't you just no, wear but your these glasses? are binoculars, so I your can zoom right glasses. in on Roz's face. But why don't you just wear your glasses? I'm, li- I'm, I'm six feet away from you right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, but right? now I can at least and see I'm, you. And I'm, like, when you're in the other room, I'm probably maybe eight feet away from you. Yeah. Like you, no. But this is just so that I can absolutely see what it is that you're doing. You know when you know when somebody shows mm. up and they have like, you know when you were in high school, right? And yeah. you couldn't afford concert tickets, and you'd come to school on a Monday, and like a guy in your grade would be wearing a tour shirt from like a big concert that happened over the weekend. Yeah, I would never ask them about it. I would never even acknowledge because the shirt. you know that they're only wearing it so that they could right. Have they, it be brought they, up. They just want. They just want me to ask about it. Yeah, they want and the I, attention. Yeah, and I and I never would. I would mm-hmm. never give them that. You've never bought a concert shirt. No, I, I, I listen. I went to concerts, but I couldn't go to all of them, and I just wouldn't acknowledge when somebody went to one when they were coming coming by to flex, or they wanted my attention, or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's what Maury's doing right now. You look really good. Okay, so what do you? What do? You, what is your purpose? Highly with inappropriate, those things? Maury. Come on, yeah, we're at work, bro. It's highly inappropriate to compliment somebody. <laughs> What world am I in where you can't compliment somebody? You are like, you are stuck in like, 
the fifties. You are, yeah, like maybe even like I'm gonna say early, like early, early nineties. Everybody listening right now, right? What world world do we live in where we can't compliment? Could you imagine being at work, (laughs) right? Being at work or somebody and binoculars has binoculars and is staring at you, saying, "You look really good right now." Yeah. Just say thank you. God, man. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. All right, Carolyn joins us right now. So, what's been happening? Uh, Basically, my boyfriend wants a break, and I don't know what that means. Okay, so you wrote us this. uh, Roz and Mocha Fix My Life. You've been in a relationship for over a year now, and the ongoing issue throughout the relationship is that your boyfriend can't seem to let go of his ex and their history. He's still living in the place they shared, and her crap is still there, according to you. I once slept over in the bed they used, and he pulled out a sock from under the bed and asked me if it was mine. Uh, It turned out to be hers, WTF. Oh, damn. I can't take it anymore. You say that he is making the changes needed to move out of there, but now he's asking for a break. What does this mean, and how do I handle it? The ongoing thing is he can't seem to get over his ex. Now, do you mean he can't seem to get over his ex as in emotionally or he can't get rid of her stuff? I think that they've moved past that, like, romantic attachment, but that there's still an attachment. Like, they were together for a really, really long time, and I get that. But it's just like, it's like he's living in a museum. Yeah. How long after their relationship ended did you start a relationship with him? A year after. In that whole time, he was still living there, like, without her, but all her stuff has still been there? Uh, yes. Like, she only took, like, half the stuff, and then the rest of the stuff is still there. So, like, for example, um, some of her bags, some of her clothes. She doesn't want any of that stuff? I think she wants it back now. Mm -hmm. Oh. When they broke up, did they break up, break up, or did they take a break? I think they broke up, broke up. Okay. So, is he wanting to take a break to isolate himself or is he wanting to take a break where take a break rules apply which means that he can see other people and possibly his ex uh well we made he made sure that the break was clear that it was just to organize his life and like close this chapter for good but why can't you be around for that i don't know have you asked him that because that seems like a pretty important yet fair question like why does he need to take a break from your relationship to close unless there are other things going on that he doesn't want to tell you like unless he's still keeping in touch with her or i don't know if she was in a relationship and maybe she got out of a relationship and he wants to see if things can go back to the way they were with her i don't know i i don't know he just it sounds like he just can't juggle multiple things at the same time including our relationship together Um, so he just said that he just, it's just better for him to focus on the move in the next couple of months. Like he's not doing it to screw around with people, but just to like organize his life and his head. It's weird when it comes to taking a break, you only ever do it with a romantic partner. Like nobody ever says to a friend, I need to take a break. Yeah. Nobody ever says to a family member, I need to take a break. You only have that play when it comes to somebody that you're in a relationship with. And mm-hmm. normally for me, there's no such thing as a break. It's only ever a break up. And oftentimes when somebody suggests a break, it's because they're sort of, I guess, maybe sometimes going out of their way to not hurt your feelings or they just don't have the guts to say how they really feel. And that is, I don't love you. 
um, and you're not for me and this isn't going to work yeah. because those are hurtful things to, to tell somebody even if you know you, you may not be fully in love with them but you may like them and respect them um, he may be wanting to take a break um, be out, out of some sort of it might be a compassion play and let me run this by you here is there a chance that yes he he's not over the ex and is there a chance the reason he seems sort of maybe distant or a little bit haunted in your relationship is because what he's hung up on is the fact that he didn't get proper closure when that previous relationship ended. And in order for him to get proper closure, he's going to have to spend time, do and say things that would be disrespectful if he was still in a relationship with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like my gut resonates with that. Like, I feel like my gut has been telling me this for a long time. I just decided to ignore it yeah. <laughs> um yeah but that makes a lot of sense that's what it seems like to me and then and that's you know not you know not wanting to get rid of the stuff and you know still sort of you know keeping that line open to her and it may not be that he wants to get back together with her but not getting closure can like it's so consuming it's all consuming for people mm -hmm. and and oftentimes you don't get the closure that you think you are going to get um, and and you can't move on. And he, he may yeah. like you a whole lot, but he's got something in him that says, I, I just, I'm haunted by this. I'm haunted by the fact that I didn't get closure. And it, and I don't, yeah. know this, I don't know the reasons why they broke up, but if that's what he's going for, if that's what he's going hunting for is closure, yeah. uh, and he's just right. saying you can't be involved in this process because one, it's probably going to be very hurtful for you because I'm going to be, I may, I'm, I'm going to be sitting at home at night crying over another one. Woman, and that sucks for you. Mm -hmm. So we need to take a break. But I, I think that if you're in this position, you know, I think that there is no break. It's only breaking up. And I think that you have to state it that way, that he can go and do whatever he needs to do and, and, and get himself right emotionally. But this is not a break. It's a break up. And if after the right. fact, you know, he wants to come back and, you know, have a conversation with you, it's going to be from starting over. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carolyn. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you guys that, um, you know, I love listening to your show. I listen to your podcast every single day. I've been listening. I've been a long-time listener for, like, the last 10 years. Wow. wow. Um, COVID has been really hard on me and all the crap that I've been going through. And um, you guys are just, like, such a, like a sunny spot in my life. So thank you. Oh, Carolyn, that's the best. Thank you for, for sticking with us for the past 10-plus years. Yeah, you guys are the best. I love you guys so much. But between Roz and Mocha, who's your favorite? <laughs> Okay, well, I'm from Scarborough, so I gotta, I gotta, you know, build up my Scarborough man mocha. So uh, definitely yeah, mocha. <laughs> yeah, my hometown. That's what I'm saying. It's about borders, huh? It's all borders. <laughs> it's, true. it's all it's borders. True. Mocha knows what's up in Scarborough. Yeah, so. I know, I know. I never, I've, I've never, I've, I've never overcome that on this show. Sorry, Roz, I love you too, though. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Thanks. That's awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna let you go before Roz tells you he needs a yeah. break. Have a, have a good night. Have a, have a good night's sleep tonight in your, in your boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's bed. Oh my god. Enjoy Mocha now. So savage. That side of the bed's still probably warm, huh? Oh, you're such no. a <laughs> hey, listen. There's a reason you like this show. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. It's too bad. It's too bad. <laughs> All right, we love you. Thanks, Kellen. Later, right. girl. Okay, bye. Bras and Mocha's Fix My Life on Kiss. Uh, so last night on the Women Tell All, so much went down. Yeah. Uh, all the Victoria stuff. 
Matt's big ass beard. Victoria grew a heart, huh? After seeing herself on television. Oh, come on. It's, it's so funny how somebody can willingly just build a brand around being awful and then yeah. and not realize how it's going to come off. And then we've seen this so many times on these shows where somebody, you know, is fine with that on television and then they see it and they see the reaction and then they, you know, Change your heart. Change your heart. That's yeah. not the real that's me. Not re- that's not the real me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a good uh, person. Whatever. What are you going to do? Uh, but the big story was what all went down with um, Brittany and Anna. Brittany was the one who came in late to the show and was accused. Uh, there was a rumor started by Anna who said that she knew a friend who knew a friend um, that Anna, that Brittany was a call girl. And so she was silent up to this point in the Women Tell All last night. She said nothing, Brittany. And then uh, and then Chris brought her up. And so this is this is how it started. You know, looking back, it's just kind of disappointing because you see me come in as this strong, confident, smiley girl. And in the first 24 hours, I was just completely tore down. I've like never felt so low like that in my entire life. And I was completely shocked. I mean, that was just defeating. Since going home, what's the impact been? Um, when I first got back, like, I didn't even want to be around my family. Um, it was, like, really hard to even text my friends back the first couple weeks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. It was embarrassing because, you know, when you Google my name now, the first 20 results is... The Bachelor contestant, Brittany Galvin, accused of being an escort. You know, it's nothing wrong with that industry, but it's not me. So after that moment, it was just hard because, you know, I didn't sign up to get bullied. I didn't sign up to get my name slandered. I came here to find my person. And this is, like, forever going to have to be an association to my name, which is kind of, you know, unfair. It's just really that I have to constantly defend my name from now on. And... You know, although I received an apology, it's just like, even when the episode aired, I, you know, she's just kind of had weeks to reach out to me and say like, hey, look, like, I just want to like, see how you're doing or anything. But I don't know. I didn't get any of that. So I felt real bad for this girl. Yeah. Especially watching last night. This should never have been on the show. This is a catastrophic failure on the part of the show and this season, which has been a season full of catastrophic failures. Yeah. As soon as it came out of Anna's mouth, that when you're in a room and all those women and everybody's mic'd and you're sort of just like shooting the room, as soon as it came out of her mouth that she heard a rumor that Brittany was an escort, a producer should have walked up to her and said, hey, listen, enough of that. It's never going to air. Yeah. Everything that you just said is going to be cut. We're So just drop it. Don't bring it up anymore because it will, one, give you way less screen time. And two, it's never going to see the light of day. We can't have we can't have you, a contestant on this show, accusing another contestant on this show of something like that. So, but even so the, the, drop it because it's never going to see the light of day. The conversation between Brittany and Anna, because Anna kept saying, "Oh, I heard from yeah. a friend of a friend, or I heard yeah. from somebody that you know, or we have mutual." Like the conversation between the two of them should have been, "Well, who is that person?" It should never have aired. No, not on. Sorry, not. On the show, the conversation between Brittany and Anna should be like, well, who's telling you this stuff? Yeah. Like, if we have common friends, as you claim, tell yeah. me who they are. Yeah. Because I don't believe Anna at 
all. No. I don't think she received texts or anything like that yeah. from anybody. But maybe, and maybe she did though. Maybe, maybe people did think that, right? Maybe people did think that. Maybe like, let's assume, like, let's assume that she did get messages from people saying that, yeah. right? Should never have aired. Yeah. Should never have aired an accusation like that. And then Anna, uh, during the Women Tell All last night, after Britney said everything she said, Anna said this. Nothing I can say can justify what I did. Honestly, there is no reason ever to take down another woman um, without ever thinking of the consequences, especially in that moment. It was awful. And I am still, like, after watching the aftermath, I am a hundred times more sorry. Just because I know I'm getting like a little glimmer of it and I can't even imagine what it's like to be you. And like, it just sucks that I did that to someone else. It just was like this ball that kept rolling and everything in the situation I did was wrong. But Who are the people that told you messages? Because where Ooh. are you getting these concepts from that you're mm-hmm. passing judgment? Um, I did receive messages from people who knew your ex-boyfriends and people who went to school with you and like, Chicago's a small town. I mean, like, is it your place to bring it into the house? No, completely, it wasn't. Um, And I know that what I said can't be unsaid and the damage can't be undone, but I would like to help repair some of that damage. I just want you to know that I am 100% sincere when I say, like, I am so, so sorry for that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, Chicago's not a small town. They got (laughs) almost 3 million people that live in Chicago. Yeah. Anna. Yeah. Um, but uh, tomorrow on the Razamoka show, we're going to talk to one of the other stars that was uh, from The Bachelor this season and had a huge role at last night's show on The Women Tell All, uh, which is Serena P. And yeah. I know after last night, a lot of people were like, hey, maybe she should be the next Bachelorette. Yeah. She's the only one that put Matt in the car. She did. sent him back in. She did. Sent him back to his room. You're not my person. Right? Oh, that cuts deep. Yeah, on the same resort. Yeah. And you got to hitch a ride. <laughs> yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Serena P. from The Bachelor. She's a Canadian who told Matt that he wasn't the one for her. This is right after the modified hometown visit where Matt met her family. We have the most amazing time together, but when it came to being able to actually talk about my feelings for you and how I felt about you. I really struggled. I think that it just comes down to the fact that I don't, I don't think that you're my person. And then she sent him away in the limo. Serena P, welcome to the Razamoga Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. So on the Women Tell All episode, we all watched this. And what were your what were your thoughts? Because being in the room, as we know in Bachelor World, is oftentimes very different than it plays out on television. So when you sat and watched it, is that the way you remembered it going down? Or were was there a lot that we don't know? There's obviously a lot that doesn't get shown just because of timing purposes. What we filmed is longer than what you're seeing. But I would say that you guys got a good kind of summary of what we experienced there in regards to the dramas, the heartbreaks, the apologies, and all the recaps from this season. After watching the show and seeing the way everything kind of played out this season, being in that room with all the other women during the Women Tell All 
was it like awkward at all to have conversation or were there any awkward moments between uh, other people who were there? Definitely, definitely. I think coming back into the room, there was some tension for sure. We obviously don't know everything that goes on in the house while we're living in it. So watching it back, you get to see what was said behind the scenes and in interviews and when people weren't in the room. So there was a little bit of awkward tension, but I think everyone got past it pretty quick. And there was also a lot of excitement. I mean, a lot of us are really close friends and that reunion was a really exciting moment for us to kind of come back together and all be in the same room and see each other again. Um, what we're seeing now is the, the, the show sort of changing and evolving every day, and it still has to play out the way that it's got to play out on television. But there's almost like two worlds revolving around each other um, with this show. What are your thoughts with everything that has gone down over the last couple of weeks um, with, with Rachel? Because you were in the house, and obviously now that all of this has happened, you've had time to sort of wrap your head around it. But what's your take on that I mean there's just so much that we could touch on in this and there's so much that's going on in Bachelor Nation in the last couple weeks a lot of really disappointing events have unfolded and come to light I think that all we can hope for is that these really unfortunate setting circumstances are going to bring about change and education within the franchise I think it's very evident that it's needed and Obviously, watching the Chris Harrison, Rachel Lindsay interview was super disappointing and upsetting, and mm-hmm. our cast firmly stands with Rachel Lindsay. But I'm just hopeful that this is going to shed some serious light on issues in the franchise and pushing forward for change. Uh, there was a rumor that um, what wasn't shown the other night on uh, The Women Tell All was the announcement of the new Bachelorette. And the rumor was that it was supposed to be Katie and there was no announcement. And as soon as there was no announcement, people started lobbying for who they felt should be the next Bachelorette. And your name was getting thrown around a lot. So as far as I know, no one has been announced as a Bachelorette yet. Um, it's so heartwarming to see so many people kind of saying that they're hopeful for me to be the next Bachelorette. I mean, I just really appreciate all the kind words and support from the audience this season. Okay, but Serena P, have you been asked to be the next Bachelor or have they asked you if you uh, express any interest in becoming the next Bachelorette? I mean, come on, guys. You know how contracts work. Okay. I'm I'm bound to secrecy right now. Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Let me let me let me let me rephrase the question. Let me rephrase the question because we don't want you to, to break okay. contract here. Uh, would you say yes if asked to be the new Bachelorette? My brain has been very focused and invested on this current season, so mm-hmm. I would definitely consider it. I would consider it if they asked me for sure. I can see how this journey works and how it does create an environment to find love and a lifelong partner and that's still something that i'm looking for and something that i'm ready for so since making an appearance (laughs) on the bachelor and especially women tell all um have your dms been blowing up what kind of messages are you getting from people i mean a lot of the messages have been extremely heartwarming just showing support for my journey and watching it and for my decision that i inevitably came to the leave so yeah, a lot of really amazing positive DMs that I'm grateful for. Have you been responding? I'll respond to a few. I try really hard to stay on top of my DMs, but sometimes the phone just gets overwhelming and I got to take a bit of a break from it. Before we let you go, because um, we've asked this to other people who have been uh, uh, on your season as well, what does it take for somebody to get a reply in your DMs? Honestly, 
creativity. Really? Someone that slides in with a really creative message usually usually catches my eye. If it's just like a high or a smiley face, mm-hmm. usually it's gonna get like a double tap and like like we're are, moving on. Like creative, like face painting creative or like a different kind of creativity? <laughs> I don't know, just like something that catches my eye. That okay, I seen okay, before. cool. Just if checking. You slide in with a face Photo? I don't know how I'm going to feel about that okay. one. Right. If, right. if anybody does want to slide into your DMs, you want to throw out that uh, that account name right now? <laughs> sure. I'll give a little shameless plug. It's Serena underscore Pitt, P-I-T-T. There you go. Uh, damn it, Maury wants to ask you a question. I'm so surprised. She's Canadian, and you haven't asked her the biggest question from the Roz and Mocha show? Serena P. from Bachelor Nation. Yeah. Between Roz and Mocha, yeah. who is your favorite? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, I will say Mocha. We have a very close mutual connection, which is Lauren Francis. She taught me swimming, and I worked for her for the past, like, five or six years. Yeah, and she also taught myself and my son last summer how to swim. I texted her. I was like, I'm going to be on the Roz and Mocha show. The same woman taught both of you to adult swim? Yeah. Really? Hey, why you got to say that? Why couldn't you just say swim? Because I don't. Because I I don't think she taught I her when she was, was younger fun. From her. Oh, you did. Okay. She did. Okay. She I don't me know. When I was like growing up. Okay. Okay. So, Man, sorry. that's so mean. That, that Why was you not... embarrass me like yeah. that, bro? Yeah, it's not. Embarrassing. <laughs> you gotta say that. All you gotta say it was. It's no. never too late to learn. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. It's never too late to learn. Man, kinda... You know how proud I am of you that you learned to swim. Thanks. You ever see a brown guy turn red? Look, it's happening right now. <laughs> Serena B, thank you very much for joining us on the Raza Moga Show. Uh, maybe we'll see you in Bachelor in Paradise, Hopefully. Canada. I don't know. Maybe we'll see you on a future uh, Bachelorette season. Yes. I don't know. But if we do, um, hope we can we can chat again. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. The Raza and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Uh, Chris Harrison's interview just wrapped uh, not that long ago on Good Morning America with Michael Strahan. Uh, and they get into it as to what his future is with the franchise and the disastrous interview that he did with Rachel Lindsay and also uh, Rachel Lindsay having to now delete her social media because of the backlash that she has faced. Um, all the ugliness. Uh, so this is uh, Michael Strahan and Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. You said, quote, is it not a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021 because there's a big difference? So, so what is the to you? What is the difference? Or is there, there one? There is not. Antebellum parties are not okay. Past, present, future. Knowing what that represents is unacceptable. Mm. I'll tell you, that thing with antebellum, right? Yeah. It's interesting to me because my only knowledge of that like if somebody if somebody threw something or did something with antebellum in it i would never have thought twice about it yeah because my only knowledge of antebellum i had no idea what that even was my only knowledge of antebellum was watching lady antebellum win grammys Oh, the group yeah the group, group. Yeah. right that was my only i didn't and i didn't know i've interviewed like, people have, i've seen millions of times that people have interviewed them and nobody's ever asked them what it meant yeah. i never asked them what it meant and then you find out, and as soon as all this goes down, you're like, they ch- immediately change their name to Lady A. But that was my entire knowledge up until yeah. recently. I think a lot of people the do, The past right? 12 months as far as what um, what Antebellum meant. Um, but uh, this is more of Michael Strahan and Chris Harrison. I am saddened and shocked at how insensitive I was in that interview with Rachel Lindsay. And I didn't speak from my heart. And that is to say, I stand against all forms 
of racism, and I am deeply sorry. I'm sorry to Rachel Lindsay, and I'm sorry to the black community. And this is really the first time he's come out, like he said stuff um, through social, through print. Yeah. But he's never actually talked, talked. No, and the, and the problem was is that he did the whole, you know, is it not right through the lens of 2018 or is it not right through the lens of 2021 when talking about Rachel Kirkenall and mm-hmm. the antebellum, you know, deep south parties and, you know, liking pictures on social and this kind of thing. It was just, it was an absolute, it was an absolute disaster. Oh, uh, it fell apart rather quickly. But, uh, but is Chris Harrison the victim here? Have you had a chance to talk to her? And if so, what was that conversation? I talked to Rachel, not since she deactivated her Instagram account, but I talked to Rachel initially and I apologized. And I want to do so again. I am incredibly sorry to anyone who is throwing hate towards Rachel Lindsay. Please stop. It is unacceptable. Do you think the reaction that you received has been fair? I am not a victim here. I made a mistake and I own that. Racism, oppression, these are big dynamic problems and they take serious work and I am committed to that work. And I guess the big question is what like what's going to happen with Chris Harrison? Will he be back? And that future with uh, the Bachelor franchise, right? So you are the right person to lead this franchise into the future you feel. I plan to be back, and I want to be back. This interview is not the finish line. There is much more work to be done. Mm, but he doesn't say mm. that he's back officially. He doesn't. He well, says, I want to be back. Well, he doesn't say right. they want him back. Yeah. He wants to be back. Of course. But do they want him back, I think, is the big question. That's uh, Chris Harrison from Good Morning America today. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Man, this Lady Gaga story, huh? Yo, or I shouldn't hell? say that. This Lady Gaga dog walker story. Yeah. Um, so they shot the guy in the chest. And I didn't know. I only found out yesterday because I'm just, I'm not in that world. I would never sort of click on anything. Um, but I had no idea until I started hearing all the other stories of the madness surrounding people stealing French bulldogs. I didn't know. I had I had no I had no idea, but like, I you I hear stories every now and then of like, you know, someone trying to sell a dog and like they meet up in a parking lot and one person steals the other dog, right? But I didn't know like there was like a, I don't know, I hate to say it, but like a market for French bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, and I started hearing so people I was just reading comments and after comments on this story where from people and a couple of people that I actually knew that had French bulldogs yeah. and their their comments were, you know. Leaving the dog outside, tied up, to mm. go in and get a coffee was not an option. With a French bulldog. With a French bulldog. Wow. Yeah. Like, if you if you, you could walk the dog, but if you had to go in somewhere, the dog would stay home. Really? Yeah. Because huh. because there's such a market for French bulldogs. So and I, I don't know why. I have no... I don't know why. So the people who uh, shot Gaga's dog, Walker, did right. they know that these dogs belong to Lady Gaga, you think? Or they just saw this guy walking with all these French bulldogs... And figured easy target, easy money. So, do it. I, nobody knows. That's the the, the truth is nobody nobody knows. Oh. But the dogs weren't at Gaga's house. Yeah. The dogs were at the dog walker's house. Gotcha. Gaga's in Rome, mm-hmm. shooting a movie. So the dogs were with the dog walker at his house. So if somebody was sort of observing, casing, 
staking out this guy, would they have known that they were Gaga's dogs unless they knew who he was? Yeah. And maybe they maybe they even recognized the dogs from social media. Could you know, be. Like, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this guy is like one of those um, celebrity dog walkers. Um, yeah, geez, I don't even know. Uh, so his name is Ryan Fisher, and he was ambushed outside his home, and there's video of the whole thing, uh, surveillance footage from the, from the neighbor's house when people pulled up in a white car and two people climbed out of the back seat and it looks like to me that they tried to get the dogs first before they shot him. Like it, mm. it looks to me like the dogs were the mission as opposed to shooting him and then saying, Hey, let's steal dogs. Yeah. Right. Like it looks like the dogs were the priority, which is So wild. sorry, did you say they pulled up right when he walked outside? I don't know whether they pulled up right when he was oh. outside, but two people jumped out. The car was there. I don't, I don't know. I didn't oh, see okay. the beginning gotcha, of the video. Gotcha, I didn't gotcha. see the beginning of the video. Um, but then Gaga put up a, $500,000 reward for the no questions asked return of Koji and Gustav. And then a lot of people started going in on Gaga because they were like, well, should the $500,000 reward not be for any information that leads to the arrest of the person that shot your dog walker mm. as opposed to the return of your dogs? But yeah. maybe it's one and the same. Not 100% sure. Um, but Danny Trejo, you know who Danny Trejo is, right? Yo, badass. Yes. So machete, machete. Yeah. So uh, Danny Trejo tweeted at Gaga saying, hey, sorry to hear about your dogs. We got people out here looking for them. Oh, wow. Right. And you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> no, no. But what a crazy story. I had no idea. I had no I had no idea that this was even a thing that people were stealing French bulldogs. Yeah, me neither. Like no, no clue. It's no not like clue. a story that you hear like. On the regular. But it happened. Like, people, I got, somebody sent me a picture yesterday of, like, another story of a woman who was all beat up because somebody stole her dog, her French, Seriously? her French bulldog. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's an actual, it's an actual thing for some, and I, I don't why, know. I like, don't, I don't know why they're in such high demand like you or. You see French bulldogs all the time. You do. You do. And I, right? and I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh, but he's going to be, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, and uh, I guess one of the dogs they retrieved from the police station. And then one of the dogs, because I think there was four dogs with them. And yeah. then one dog stayed, and one dog they got from the police station. But I think that there's the 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 two dogs that are still um, that are still out there. So my God, what a crazy sad story! This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hi, it's Roz and Mocha. Hi, Roz and Mocha. How are you? Yo, Fabian, what's up, dude? Uh, same old same. Just headed to work, guys. So, dude, you've been uh, you've been you've been growing Roz and Mocha weed. I assume this is why you are calling with an update. Absolutely. Uh, I think I got like a week and a half. I'm going to start cloning and then putting them into flower. What does that mean? Because the last time we talked to you, you were getting seeds, right? Or, you know, you planted the seeds and then you were getting plants. Yes. So this plant, the seeds are planted. The plants are growing. Uh, I'm ready to clone them. I'm hoping by the end of the week. And then by next week, the clones will have roots. And then I'll put the Real big plants into flower, which means starting them to bud. Now, remind me of uh, of something here, because originally when you started the process, you had like a, a Roz weed plant and then a Mocha <laughs> weed plant, and then they merged. 
to create and new created, seeds, right? So right, you don't have local cookies, yes. Right. right. So now now it's merged into one. So there's not like a separate yes. Roz plant, a separate mocha plant. No, they're okay. together. Roz and mocha cookies. And so what is the like what are you telling people because I know that people are are are, are clamoring to get a hold of this. Uh, are you do you have a timeline now like a definitive timeline that you can tell people, you know, this will be the 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 sort of rollout date when they be able to to try it? Well, everybody doesn't care and they want to try. So I'm willing to give seeds out this Saturday. Oh, wow. Okay. So seeds though. But what I'm saying is that when do you have an actual usable product, not something that still needs to be grown? I'm actually crossing my fingers, guys, that by um, 420, I should have a (laughs) crop. Of course, you awesome. did the math. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So if awesome. anybody goes back in time and sees, yeah. the day after 420 of last year, I promised you guys I would have a Raza Mocha strain. Right. And I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, there we go. I like that. So around 420 <laughs> will be the rollout date. <laughs> Absolutely. But like I said, this Saturday, if anybody's looking to grab seeds and they want seeds, DM yeah. me and I'll be at a spot and they could come and grab them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll be at the spot. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna promote it's where you're so, gonna be at. So shady. No, 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 no. That's why they have to DM me. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. DM me on Instagram and uh-huh. I'll meet up with you guys because everybody's asking and they don't care. They just want them. Right. So okay. If they want them, I'll give them and I'll walk them through the process. Not a problem. Uh. So yeah. That's you it, set man. up like, like a tent and a table and everything. I know, I know. Well, no. I'm gonna, I'm going to just be at a spot. And, yeah, uh, it's just a spot. It okay. It's just a spot. Why you got to dig okay, any but, deeper than that? But, but, but COVID protocols in place. To, I'm trying not to name off the place on, on yeah, air, Yeah, don't die. It's just a spot, Mocha. <laughs> He's just going to be at a spot, okay? All right. What's the IG again? Yeah. Fa- it's Family Trees 13, right? Family Trees 19. Oh, 19. All right, cool. Get, DM me, and like I said, I'll, I'll be at a spot when I hook up some <laughs> okay, okay. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Thanks, Fabian. Nice. Later, Thank dude. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. I love you, too. Yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Here we go. Hey, Mocha. Yeah. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Let's do the news. A Roz and Mocha Show and Kiss 92.5 News Break. Uh, Prince Harry was on with James Corden. They did a huge thing. Really? Last night, yeah, they jumped on top of a double-decker bus in L.A. and just sort of toured around in the open air. Nice. Um, one of the things that was interesting that came up was Harry's thoughts on The Crown. The TV show? The TV show. Okay. Because any a lot of, like, quote-unquote insiders and people who have reliable information have said that, you know, they shoot it down any point they can of yeah. that it's a completely fiction and it's take nothing f- from it and really like distancing themselves from any sort of validity that that show gets. But also you have to remember that Harry has a Netflix deal of his own. That's like a hundred million dollars. Right. So he's like a Netflix employee. Mm -hmm. And so you wonder what, but like, Oh man, I love the show (laughs) so much. So this was uh, Harry talking about his feelings towards the crown. And how do you feel about the crown? Um, They don't pretend to be news. It's fictional. But it's loosely based on the truth. Yes. Of course it's not strictly accurate. Of course, of course it's not. But, but loosely... But you do think loosely it does feel it like... Gives, it, gives, it gives you a rough idea about what, what that lifestyle and what the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else, what, what can come from that. I'm way more comfortable with The Crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife or myself. 
because it's the difference between that is obviously fiction, take it how you will, but this is being reported on as fact because you're supposedly news. Yeah. I have a real issue with that. Mm. <laughs> so he's not dissing it, but he's no, not, he's not, not dissing not. it. No, he's not dissing it. He's not. Uh, but hey, also, are we still supposed to call him Prince Harry? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, you're good. Um, but also the, the the stepping away or the stepping down or however you want to look at it, they they dipped. Yeah. And you knew that there were very emotional reasons for it. I mean, that's a big thing to walk away from. And uh, Prince Harry lays it all out as far as exactly what drove them away. It's such a monumental decision to have walked away from the royal family. Why did you feel that that was necessary and the right thing to do for you and your family? It was never, it was never walking away. It was, it was stepping back rather than stepping down. Right. Um, you know, it was a really difficult environment, as I think a lot of people saw. We all know what the British press can be like, and it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do, is like, I need to get my family out of here. But we never walked away. And as far as I'm concerned, whatever decisions are made on that side, I will never walk away. I will always be contributing. But my life is public service. So wherever I am in the world, it's going to be the same thing. Hmm. Right? Yeah, you're still not getting invited for Christmas dinner, though. Now, when you're in L.A., mm -hmm. you got to do L.A. things. Sure. And when you're with Prince Harry, there's only one attraction you have to see. Have you ever watched... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> yes. This here, right there, is the house from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah! <laughs> the very house that Will Smith turns up to is good enough for the Fresh Prince. It's good enough for a real prince. Okay. Do you remember the song? Now, this is a story all about how man life got flipped, turned upside down. Now, take a minute. And sit right there. Sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called... Bella. Look at you! <laughs> See? It's made for you. Prince Harry! <laughs> right? The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Um, Handmaid's Tale star O.T. Uh, Fogbenol. Fogbenol? Um, F-A-G-B-E-N-L-E. Do you know him from... from do, do you watch no, Handmaid's? I did not. So he was the husband of... Uh, what's the main actress's name in that show? Elizabeth Moss. Thank you. He was Elizabeth Moss' husband in okay. the show. So he said, so Showtime is doing a miniseries called The First Lady. Okay. And Viola Davis is playing Michelle Obama. He's going to be playing Barack Obama. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So they cast Barack Obama. Um, he wrote, not sure what's more of an honor, playing Barack Obama, doing a TV show honoring Michelle Obama, or getting to work with Viola Davis. Uh, wow. Suffice it to say, I'm giving thanks. So this season will focus on First Ladies, Eleanor Roosevelt, who's going to be played by Gillian Anderson. Nice. Um, Betty Ford, who's going to be played by Michelle Pfeiffer. And oh, of course, wow. and of course, um, Michelle Obama, who's going to be played by Viola Davis. Yeah, like, look crazy. at that. That's a great Jillian cast. Jillian right Anderson, there. Michelle Pfeiffer, and Viola Davis. Strong. In one, in one series. Yeah. That's stacked. Yeah. I like, love it. Absolutely stacked. It. So, this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Beavis and Butthead's coming back. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, fam, I used to watch Beavis and Butthead Did all the really? time. Yeah. 
<laughs> I actually said the other day, um, Catherine asked me to go get toilet paper, and in my head I went, TP for your bunghole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, Bachelor contestant Rachel Kirkinall, um released a seven-minute video last night. Who's got time for that? Sort of, exactly. Uh, it was an explanation, an apology, a clarification. She was asking people to not defend her. Uh, so we'll play a little bit of this for you now. You know, over the last few weeks um, since I've put my statement out, I've, I've gotten a lot of messages. Um, I've gotten a lot of people asking me, well, what have you done to change since then? And I've also had a lot of people message me saying that they aren't understanding why people are so upset, um, but they want to, and they've asked for, for resources, which I think is great. Um, but then there's also people messaging me saying, you know, you've done nothing wrong. Don't listen to people. And I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of getting all of this and not saying anything. And, um, I think that the first big step in all of this is white people stepping up and and taking accountability and you know things things will never change if we don't all work together and you know working towards this this racial progress and this unity that that we want a couple of one thing that I noticed, Shem, come in here for a second because I want to get your thoughts on this too. Because I watched the whole. Did you watch the whole seven minute video, Mocha? You got time. I for didn't that. watch the whole thing. You're getting that, you're getting that I watched like that. the first. I watched this like the first like minute and a bit. Did you watch the seven minute video, Shem? I did. Yeah. You did. I watched it all last night. Let me throw something at you here. Sure. You know what I noticed? She never says the word racist. No, uh, and I think that's probably by design, right? Because she doesn't want to be labeled. I mean, people are already labeling her that. But she's asking people right? to not defend her. Like she she feels it. She yeah. knows it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't say it. No, not at all. And she doesn't really apologize for 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 racist sort of actions or behaviors, right? Mm. At all. She sort of stays very clear, uh, very clear of that, which is interesting to me. Uh, her mom is now defending her. She said that no one should have to go through what she's been through. Um, we have seen the devastation and heartbreak this has caused Rachel. That's from her mom. I saw a thing the other day that... Do you know who um, Matt picks? Yeah, her, right? Isn't that, mm. what the, isn't that what the rumor is? That is the rumor. Okay. Yeah. So we all know. Then, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. that's the rumor. Well, that's the whole thing is that the, the show right now, the problem with the show right now is that Matt did the other day, which is what Bachelor or Bachelorettes have not done up to this point, which is he went very public with a statement mm-hmm. um, while the show is still running. Um, about the sort of his feelings towards the outcome of the show. And he even, you could even tell in his statement that he's preparing people for the fact that at the end of this, he picks Rachel and letting them know that this is no longer the case. But it's not just that he picks Rachel uh, with her having this sort of history. He's picking Rachel as the first black bachelor and not picking 
the three other black women well, that were also we, involved in it, right? We talked to him about that at the very beginning yeah. of this because yeah. there was a lot of black women who were going into the show saying, hey, listen, this only works with you having the, the first full, what you know, black bachelor on there for your black female fans. Uh, this only works if he picks a, a black female contestant. Right. This doesn't, and now this look is, what happened. This is all for naught if he if he doesn't. With all the um, controversy. There was a yeah. lot of that uh, at, the, at the very beginning of this. Um, so, uh, yeah, we can see that video. It's seven plus minutes um, if you're interested in that. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hey, scaled back Golden Globes Awards last night. Tina Fey was in New York. Amy Poehler was in Los Angeles. And all the award winners were at home on Zoom. And Tina Fey and Amy Poehler came right out. And the the controversy going into the Golden Globes at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association over the last um, week after the LA Times story broke, uh, especially when you look back at nomination day when it was clear that there was a discrepancy between um, a lot of the black-facing films, black-led films, mm. uh, were left out of the nominations. And so going into this, you had a problem. And then the L.A. Times story comes out where out of the 87 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, none of which are black. And so you knew that Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were going to skewer the Hollywood Foreign Press. So here's a clip of the monologue. Everybody is understandably upset at the HFPA and their choices. Look, a lot of flashy garbage got nominated, but that happens, okay? That's like their thing. But a number of black actors and black-led projects were overlooked. And look, we all know that award shows are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> They're all a scam invented by Big Red Carpet <laughs> to sell more carpet. We know that. The point is, even with stupid things, inclusivity is important, and there are no black members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. I realize HFPA, maybe you guys didn't get the memo because your workplace is the back booth of a French McDonald's, but you got to change that. So here's to changing it. Yes, I'm looking forward to that change. So at first out of the gate was the award for Best Supporting Actor, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya is nominated. So they just come out talking about how the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has no black members. Mm -hmm. And then the first award is handed out and it's Daniel Kaluuya. And Judas black, and the Black Black Messiah. Black actor Judas and the Black Messiah and then this happens. And the Golden Globe goes to Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. I wish I could hear so his, his Zoom mic wasn't working. No. And he's sitting there doing his speech and nobody can hear him. Oh, no. <laughs> First award out of the gate after talking about see, how. We unfortunately have a bad connection. We apologize for that technical <laughs> disaster, problem. Right. And send all of our congratulations like nine people are being to fired Daniel right now at this point. Is this on? Is this there on? we go. And then they all finally right, cool. got him. <laughs> can you hear me now? All right, cool. I'm on. We got this. We got this. We're cool. I would say I'd like to finish the HFPA, press accolade. That's for my mom, my sister, my niece. At least they gave him time. My friends, yes, back my home, God. Could you imagine if they did? Oh, my God, um, no. Thank you so much for this, this honor. 
And thank you, everyone out there. Do you know what I mean? We're out here. We're going to enjoy it tonight. I've got my champs ready. Do you know what I'm saying? We're going to flex on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> appreciate you all, man. Appreciate that. All the nominees, man. Appreciate you guys. Oh, man. Oh, bro, it was so tense. It was so tense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. People, was, oh. Enough people got fired last night. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was so tense. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. So Justin Bieber's got a new album coming out on March 19th. Oh, happy birthday, Justin Bieber, by the way. Oh, 27 years today? old today. You mean uh, it's not in your calendar? No, no, no. Oh, it's in mine. I don't have anything in my calendar. The only thing I have in my calendar is stuff that people, other people put on my calendar, which I always think is invasive. When somebody huh? sends me an email and then the email they sent me just winds up in my calendar. Well, you because you accept the, the invite. No, the I don't meeting. accept nothing. It just winds nope. up in my calendar. Oh, yeah, pending, because you have to either hit decline or accept yeah. or ignore. Yeah, it's invasive. Um, but uh, <laughs> <Okay>. Bieber's... <laughs> it is. I'm going to send you an I, invite I right now. Don't. As I a think reminder it's an overstep. Today is Justin Bieber's no, birthday. No, I don't like it. I don't like my, that my calendar. My calendar on my phone is populated with things other people have sent me. But you don't populate it with things yourself anyway, so what does it matter? I don't... I sometimes... Maybe I like to look and have a clean calendar. <laughs> okay. Right? Like my calendar, well, you can't because you're so look, busy. My, my calendar is full of just stuff everybody else sends me. Look at this, yeah. all stuff everybody else sends me. Yeah, well, how it's rude all you are to not accept else. anything. I don't accept nothing. Wow, rude. Yeah, you you listen, man. Okay, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Justin Bieber's up. Put this in your calendar. All right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe your boss will send you this, and then it'll wind up in your calendar without you wanting it to or not. Uh, March nineteenth, Justice. That's the new Justin Bieber album. Uh, will feature Bieber's uh, track "Holy" with Chance the Rapper and "Lonely" featuring uh, Benny Blanco and anyone. Um, any thoughts on what you would like this album to be, Mocha? Um, I would like to get back to an up tempo album from Bieber, up-tempo music, stuff that he would do amazing choreography to, you know, stuff like What Do You Mean, stuff like Sorry, anything like that. Even Beauty and the Beat, anything like that, up-tempo. I want a banger from Justin Bieber. He said this, just as the album March 19th, in a time when there's so much wrong with this broken planet, we all crave healing and justice for humanity. In creating this album, my goal is to make music that will provide comfort, uh, to make songs that people can relate to and connect uh, so they feel less alone. So does that sound like an up-tempo banger to you? That sounds like the complete opposite of everything I want from Justin Bieber right now. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, last night in the Golden Globe, Sasha Baron Cohen accepting the award on behalf of Borat's win oh, uh, for Best nice. Musical or Comedy and took the opportunity to thank uh, the all-white voting panel as well as others. Thank you to the all-white Hollywood Foreign Press. Oh, um, boy. i got to say this movie <laughs> couldn't have been possible without my co-star, a fresh new talent who came from nowhere and turned out to be a comedy genius. I'm talking, of course, about Rudy Giuliani. I mean, who could get more laughs out of one unzipping? Incredible. Uh, our movie was just the beginning for him. Rudy went on to star in a string of comedy films, hits like Four Seasons Landscaping, Hair Die Another Day, and the courtroom drama, A Very Public Fart. <laughs> very nice. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast.
Tiger Woods broke his silence uh, from the hospital on his official Twitter account. I don't know if you saw, you were watching any golf over the weekend, but uh, a lot of guys were wearing red I saw that on shirts. Twitter yesterday, yeah. yeah. That was, it was kind of nice. sweet. Uh, so Tiger says, it's hard to explain how touching today was when I turned on the TV and saw all the red shirts to every golfer and every fan. You are truly helping me get through this time. So that's the uh, words from Tiger Woods. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Okay, so I think that we now have a definitive answer as far as what is happening with Zack Snyder's Justice League. There have been so many different stories Mm -hmm. about how this is going to be rolled out on HBO Max and, I guess, in theaters, because they're going to do it simultaneously, where theaters are open in the U.S. And at first it was going to be a monster-long movie, Then the story was that it was going to be split into four one-hour chunks, Mm -hmm. which didn't make sense to me. And now, according to IGN, it is, in fact, back to one giant long movie, 242 minutes, which is four hours and two minutes long. No, thanks. You're not not into that? No, I am, but I'm not going to sit there for four hours and watch the whole thing. Oh, I am. Yeah, Are and I'm really? not even I'm not even a huge Justice League fan, and I'm even less of a fan of Zack Snyder. Yeah, but I kind of want to just sit and watch a four hour movie. No, you have time many, for that? Yeah, you're the one person who always talks you about time. Know. You don't know. You don't know my life. Okay, I'll make time. <laughs> um, okay. Is any different than binging a five hour show? Everybody has time for a four hour movie nowadays, right? Yeah, I just think that it's a uh, um. I, I like I want to sort of I want to sort of just be a part of the event of everything, right? Like sure. I I kind of I kind of did halfway through for a break. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go through. Like I just I I'm not. And again, I'm not even a huge Justice League fan. I'm curious because I want to see what Jared Leto does with the Joker again. Yeah. Because he's in it, and I really want to see what Joe Manganiello does with Deathstroke in oh, right. in this version. Like, there's a couple cool things that they have. Did you watch the first going Justice on. League? Yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. You know, I still haven't watched it. No, it's not no. that good. But I'm going, I want to watch it as close to release date of the Snyder Cut. Yes. Just so it's fresh in my mind for comparison. Right. But but back to Maury's point, what makes this different from, say, watching four one-hour episodes is I, the intent is to not, people can binge all they want, right? But there is definitive endings to things where there's a natural sort of break in between things where like this, if you though, didn't want need, to binge. Well, this you'll need kind of like a halfway through kind of like, here's what you've seen so far. Like a recap halfway yeah. through. Well, if, yeah. Because I feel like you're going to forget. No, I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> is what's going to happen. And, well, I, you got a lot of and, and that's and that's why I watch this stuff with Roxy cuz she fills me in when I wake guarantee up. Somebody will probably Remember what they did someone did with the uh the Irishman? That was like a three and a half hour yeah, The Irishman oh, took me movie, Irishman right? took me 7 days to watch. Yeah, it's same. It took me about 5 6 days. Yeah. I watched it right but through. But somebody what they I did couldn't. was they broke down they time stamped. Here's what you here. If you don't want to watch it all in one shot, you yeah. want to watch it in four chunks. Right. And they broke it up into like a four episode, 45 minute show. Time stamp. Watch from here to right, here, then here right, to here, right. then here to here. So the so this movie, so Zack Snyder's um, Justice League, they say is going to be broken into six chapter structures. And according to Snyder, chapter one will be titled Don't Count on It, Batman. Chapter two will be titled The Age of Heroes. And then he also said that after four hours, Zack Snyder's Justice League ends on a, quote, massive cliffhanger. You SOB. After four hours. Four hours and it's a cliffhanger. 
anyway, a lot of people excited about it. But that is it. It's four hours and two minutes is uh, what it is. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, Britney Spears um, posting on Instagram. And again, she's sort of like dancing around, commenting on everything that's surrounding her life with the conservatorship and the free Britney movement. But uh, mm-hmm. Britney wrote this. I feel like God's tears have hit all of us with what the world has been through due to coronavirus. Uh, this year should be a great year for cleansing our inner selves with meditation, prayer, any good hobby that brings joy and being conscious of what we put in our bodies as well. This all helps us to have a clear mind, body, spirit, and offers so much more clarity in our everyday lives. This year, I devote myself to lots of tea and healing. I'm working on allowing myself to not be so strong all the time and to know it's okay to cry. Pray for deep healing this year for all of us, and I hope we can all inspire each other again be kind pass it on america Mm. Um, so that's really the i mean she covered a lot in in that and um didn't dance around subjects the way that she has in the past but uh brit sounds like she's doing good the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast angelina jolie had a winston churchill painting that she sold at an auction and the opening bids for it at Christie's were between, I'm guessing, like 1.8 and about 2.8 million. Wow. And this is the record-smashing auction for a Winston Churchill painting. It went for $11.5 million. Ooh. Angelina, Angelina. Right? Isn't that crazy? 11.5? Yeah. Did they say who the buyer is? No, they never do. Mm. They never do. But it, but it's like a Winston Churchill painting. Was it going to be like right? a like a museum maybe, you think? Uh, I know. He only prob- painted very few paintings. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he did very, very few paintings. This was a, like, she didn't pay for This was a gift to her. Yeah, who gave that to her? I think her dad. Really, huh? Yeah. Ooh. John Voight? You notice that she made 100% profit on this. John Voight? Yeah, John Voight. John Voight gave her Winston Churchill? <laughs> and then she just threw really? it away like that for 11 mil? <laughs> <laughs> now, you got to kick back a little. I understand gifts are gifts, right? But if I give you a gift and then you turn around and sell Hell it 15 no. years later for $12 million? Oh, uh, p- I think it's polite. Thank you. Like, I know they, they haven't had the best relationship. No. No, but that's only but if you still. find out if it's public. Like, if I sell something and you never find out, then I don't have to gift you. <laughs> That's, oh, scheming. That's, scheming. You're such like, listen to you, like, you got it all planned out on how to rip off your own dad. You, you shouldn't have a plan yeah. on how to steal from your father. Poor Frank. Right? <laughs> what a lousy kid. <laughs> Single dad raised yeah, you and everything. I know. Raised you right. <laughs> he raised me right. To oh, justice. my God. <laughs> you ripped off your old dad. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Uh, so there is a there's beef happening right now. I like new beef. Okay. Uh, Soldier Boy and Randy Orton from WWE. For what now? Okay. So hold on. Is Soldier Boy going to be like bow wow and say he wants to train for the WWE? No. So Soldier Boy tweeted uh, a couple of days ago: "Rap game faker than WWE." How dare you? Okay. Shut up, Soldier Boy. And then. <sighs> How are you even relevant now? You and had then, one song years ago. Okay, and then Randy Orton tweeted, Crank That came out in 07, and you had a hell of a year. Serious money. Hats off to you, my dude. Here's the thing, though. I like rap. I bump that ish all day, whether it's 
how do you say this guy's name? Tenechi? Yeah. Meek, Jay-Z, whatever. But you call what I do to survive fake? F that. Come to my world and say that. Dare ya. And then Soldier Boy said, do you know who the F I am? I'll bring the real to wrestling. Don't play with me, Randy Orton. And then, and then Randy said, you spitting facts? Seems like all you spitting is that same mess you rap about. Nothing. Clear your throat, oh. my dog, and be there. Enough talk. Back it up. <laughs> and then Soldier Boy said, if you mad because I spit facts, just say that. What you do is fake. And I stand what? on that. What I do is real. Come okay. to come to your world, LOL. Welcome to Soldier's world. Police. Isn't Soldier Boy the same one that tried to flex on Instagram like forever ago or Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. Walking through the hood and then he got robbed? Yeah, maybe. Like on live? I, I don't know. Maybe. Is it Soldier Boy that, that, that had to do? He got robbed on live after he was flexing? Yeah, See? he was walking. He was like, oh, I'm in the hood. I'm in the hood. No one can touch me. Yeah. And then these guys rolled up and took his phone. Oh, my God. And he was streaming on oh, and his really? jewelry. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like when that's like when that's like when Bieber was driving around, and I don't know, but he was like pulled over, and then there was a bunch of guys that are just standing around him, and they knew who he was, but didn't they make him sing and then do push-ups right there on the road, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. drop him, give me ten. Yeah, he was like, okay, <laughs> doing push-ups in the middle of the street. Roz and Mocha Q and A. We got some awesome questions this week for Ask Razamoka. We're going to head to the phones first. Hi, Monica. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Good. Welcome to the Razamoka Show podcast. What is your question? Thanks. Uh, my question to you guys was, uh, what were your first jobs? Oh, good question. Um, what was your first job, by the way? How old are you? Uh, I am 28 turning 29 tomorrow. Oh, nice. Happy early birthday. Yeah. And so what was, your, what was your first job? My first job, uh, I was a cashier at a grocery store. Oh, there you go. Standard. Standard, hmm. right? Standard, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how long How long did you uh, hold down that job for? Um, I think probably a year or two before I moved on to something else. <laughs> okay, cool. Roz, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I grew up in a real small town, right? So first jobs mm -hmm. were few and far between. Most of them were like manual labor and jobs. what year would that have been? 80s. Ooh, 80s. Wow. So I... Um, Shut up, Maury. Don't say 1880s. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, you're milking cows? So I'm not including like a paper route and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, um, but like my yeah. first actual job where I had to go to a place, do something, and then somebody paid me money for it. And you got taxed on. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I had a very similar upbringing to Ren McCormack in Footloose. I, my first job was the flour mill. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. And they, they didn't let you when you were that young, it was like child labor. Like I was way too young to even be hired. <laughs> I think that maybe I was, I don't even know, 12. No, thirteen, wow. maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe thirteen. Maybe because you look like a grown ass man. Well, at they that hired age, they right? hired my both my brother and me, and um, and what they did was they didn't let you do any of like the cool work. Uh, so we had two jobs that we had to do. So they would fill those big tankers um, full of flour to transport it, and it was a truck. It looks like the big milk trucks, uh -huh. right? Like the big silver tube of a of a truck in the back, and they hosed um, flour into those, and then it went off to. 
deliver flour. But when those trucks came back, inside that big giant metal cylinder was all flour stuck to the inside. Mm -hmm. And so you had to go in with brooms and scrapers in July heat inside this metal tube and scrape it all oh, down. No. And then oh, and then geez. and then and then sweep it all sweep it all to the end. Those were the good days. Oh, so that sounds the, like a lot of work. <laughs> so when there, yeah, when there was no, when there was no um, uh, tanker there, you were on what they called pest control and maintenance, and meant that you would go down to the basement of the flour mill. And at that, at that time, what they were trying to do to combat the mice situation was it was all dirt walls. It was a, about a five foot ceiling, yeah. and it was all dirt walls. And we were, um, our job was to board up the dirt walls and then shovel the top and break through all the sort of mouse tracks and mouse holes and then pour concrete over top of the piece of plywood that you just put up to basically build these makeshift concrete walls to keep the um, to keep the mice out. But right. as you were doing this, mice were running by your head because you had to duck because ah. it was only five feet and they were running across the beams on the top. And when you went down oh. there, there was two tools available to you. Okay. One was a shovel and the other one was a BB gun. And, uh, and both for the mice. Yeah, both for the mice. Oh. And then the guy said, the guy looks at me and goes, "I don't bother with the gun. It's easier to just use your boot, ah. right? Oh. Me That's meaning, so meaning, if you see one, stomp one. Okay. So Ooh. that was the that was the other day. The third day is when you went on a delivery, and I found it really really cool because the place that we used to deliver to was in Toronto, and it was a place on on Queen Street in downtown Toronto. This famous bakery called Future Bakery. Uh -huh. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Futures. Mm -hmm. And so we used to deliver there, and it was a full truck, and they used to do probably 300 bags of flour or 200 bags of flour, and each bag of flour was 55 pounds. Wow. And you would, wow. you would unload that truck by hand up two flights of stairs. So you would do 300 bags at 50 pounds a bag. Bro, you must have been swollen that summer. Yeah, up to <laughs> up to up to flights of stairs. And you would do that every other day oh, or really? every every third day or well, whatever. Well, I mean, they it was. are a bakery, so they had a lot of dough for that. They <laughs> did, yeah. But that was the worst job. Uh, killing killing mice for a living was a terrible job, a terrible first job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn, yeah, what was your fun. first job? Okay, so my first job non-taxed was at Holy Blossom Religious School. I was the photocopier boy. So teachers would come in and they I would photocopy their assignments for them for religious school. Okay, what was your actual first job? First job though. First job. First job was Famous Players, the movie theater. And what did you do there? I was every you, when you work in the movie theater, you do everything. So I was okay. behind the concession stand. You would clean the theaters. I changed the marquee. However, I was the only person in charge of posters. So I had my own little room downstairs where all the posters were. Right, and what like when you like you have to like unlock I had the sex unlock in that room. Excuse me, with <laughs> what? <laughs> Please don't say a poster. <laughs> <laughs> all rolled up. No, like a person. A person? Yeah. I don't believe you at all. How old were you? I would have been 18. Yeah, I still don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe me you. Either. No. That's something you made up. I bet maybe yeah. like you kissed a guy. Yeah, maybe. The, yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a little. Room, yeah, maybe or... it was a makeout session. You had full sex. Hey, making out consider is that still sex? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> so you kissed a guy in a closet. <laughs> no, it's not. There was no way you had full sex in the poster room at the movie theater. We there's, did stuff. There's no way. We there's, did there's, things. There's no. There's no. There's no way. I don't even believe no. you kissed anyone. No. I, I don't even believe that. Man, I don't no. even believe that there's a poster room. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's rubble now. Yeah, but yeah. No, yeah, no. But you definitely, you definitely did not take it out. 
Oh, it came out. It came out. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Such a liar. Such a liar. But this was around the time of Judge Dredd. Do you remember that awesome movie? Was that the Stallone one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that and the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were not 18 in the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton. First Batman. Well, the, whenever Judge Dredd came out that year. Hold on here. Hold on here. I need to find out one <laughs> you more. Look it one, up? one more. Yeah. When did uh, when did the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton come come out? How old? Um, what year were you born, Maury? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Maury. Uh, Mocha, so hold on. You when, want Batman? Yeah. No, Bat- no, 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 no. You said Batman. Batman with Michael Keaton. When did that movie come out? Nineteen eighty nine. Okay. So Maury. Oh. So you are what? No. So uh, not the, Okay. So 11. not the first Batman. No. Do Judge Dredd then? That okay. was for sure there. Because I remember the poster smelled really good. Uh, that's 1995. Okay. So what is that, 17? See, there you go. Yeah, I don't believe you. And then the other job I had was Kukuru's Chicken, oh, where I served Ricky chicken. Lake a turkey leg. Yeah? And she sat there eating it. <laughs> cool story. <laughs> <laughs> I should go to my grave knowing that I watched Ricky Lake eat turkey. Yeah. All cool, right, that's cool, great. Cool story, stud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you uh, put that in the memoir. Yeah. Uh, Mocha, your first job. My first job was working at the Bay. It was the Bay. Yeah, you've talked about the Bay before. Yeah. Your first job? That was my first job when I was 16, yeah. Yeah. My first job was working at the Bay, and my first, I think it was my first week working there, or first couple of days working there, Mm -hmm. was the time when... uh, I got arrested for stealing from HMV. Not cool, man. Oh, no. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. Why are you thugging out like that? I know. And I and then when I, I finally got to my shift, I just said, Thank God it was like a snowstorm that day. Yeah. Because I was like, I my bus. My bus was the bus that I took got stuck in the snow. <laughs> we all had to get out and wait for another bus. My manager was like totally cool about yeah. it. Yeah. Really, huh? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. That's crazy. But so that was my first job. I was what, working at the bay. What did you do at the bay? Like just like were you stocking I or in the um like customer facing or like behind the scenes? Both. both I huh? did uh but I no mainly working on the floor, but I worked in the like kids department. Kids really? and like baby furniture. Department. Really, so yeah. I was like putting together cribs and strollers, but then also behind the cash register. I've never had a retail job before. Never. No, huh? I've, I've never. Been, I've never worked in a restaurant. I've never worked in a clothing store. That stuff didn't exist where I grew up. Mm. I, I shouldn't say that. I worked in a variety store. Does that count? No. Um, yeah, I worked. But not behind the counter, though. I was like, like I would, stock and shelves. Uh, yeah, I would like Why stock shelves. Why wouldn't they put you in front of customers? Thank you, Maury. Good question. <laughs> I, I asked the I asked the, I asked the same thing. No, but there was an older girl who worked there, and we just used to um, lock up a little early and then go and sit in the in the back uh, aisle and smoke cigarettes and kiss. Really? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. so yeah. you believe that he See, kissed, but I didn't kiss. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's a very believable yeah. raw story. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you say is so not believable. Yeah. I made out in the poster room. No, it's not what you said. It's not what you said. Such a liar. You can't even keep track of your lies that you told 45 seconds ago. (laughs) 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 Hey, Monica, thanks so much for the question. That was great. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Tanya says here, what is something you wanted to do as a teenager that you never did? And do you regret not doing it? Make love in the poster room. (laughs)
<laughs> that famous players. Uh, is there something I don't have a like I don't carry a lot of regret, and I because I never wanted to do those adventury type things. Like I never had that. I never had it in me. Does um, being cool count? Like I would have loved to have been. Sure, cool. I guess. Yeah, we could put that in there. <laughs> what do you think, Maury? What do you think that you missed out on not being sort of in your mind what what you would you would have considered cool? Like I think immediately think of in high school and stuff. I wish I was more outgoing. Like I wish that I had. I was like the talk of the town. I wish that I was. <laughs> The what? talk of the town. The bell of the ball? <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? I bet I that's what he was going to say. Is that what you were going to say? Maury grew up. Maury grew up in Toronto. Like, do you know how, do you know how much, an incredible 14-year-old you have to be to be the talk of the town? <laughs> Like a child murderer? Yeah. Like, like everyone something would be talking, like that. talking yeah. about you then. Yeah. Like I wish that I walked the halls and everyone stopped what they were doing and said hi. Like, I wish I was, like, a cool kid. That would have been awesome. Oh, right. like Mr. Popular. Yeah. yeah. That oh, would have okay. been so, super cool. I even tried out for the radio station in high, and I couldn't even get it on the, the to do the announcements. Right. Um, so when you say popular, like, did you, were there kids in, in, oh in, your, sco- in your school that were like that? that I can were... name two right now. Yeah. Luke I... Fair, Carlos Mendez. Okay. And they, yeah. were, the, they were the two popular well, guys. Because they were like, like jocks and stuff, right? Right. And they wore good shoes. Right. And yeah. what are they what are they doing now? Because I know you stalk them on Facebook. I can't find Carlos Mendez for the life of me, but I've been <laughs> <laughs> Right. There's so many stocking level of a thousand. I know, I know. Okay. But Luke Fair is a famous DJ. Yeah, yeah. And um, so when you wanted to be popular, like you would go home and like what? Like you would say, like I wish I had this. I wish I had this. Was it just that you wanted the I feeling? I used to pretend I would get out the year. No, this is really embarrassing. Go for it. I used to. <laughs> I used to hold my yearbook and like talk to the pictures and like be like, "Hey, Carlos, how's it?" Like I would practice with the pictures in the yearbook. <laughs> oh what God. would what would you say to the picture of Carlos? I'd be like, "Yo, Carlos, do you want to like hang out by the portables after school?" Yeah. And then what would Carlos say? No, no. Oh. <laughs> even oh, hold on, even in your fantasy, you got dissed by Carlos. Well, it's reality, right? Yeah. It's a reality fantasy. So when you would when you would when you would <laughs> fantasize about being popular, was the fantasy like was it just because you wanted to feel a certain way or were there certain things that you wanted to be able to take advantage of because of the popularity no it just i wanted to know what it felt like you wanted to know i want to know like. because like i used to eat lunch with the caretakers and stuff and i don't say that there was anything wrong with that yeah like i wouldn't say anything there was anything wrong with that. where like where where in the in the caretaker's lounge in the caretaker's lounge like you would like what get your lunch and go knock on the door and sit with the janitor yeah we talk and like there was the mop bucket over there and <laughs> <laughs> hey did any other teachers know that you were sitting there by yourself alone with the Caretaker? Oh, I was better off. Like, the, if Maury has a friend, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Because gen- now the, that would, like, in this day and age, that would be so inappropriate. Yeah. No, right? I know. no but gen- I mean, if you watch The Queen's Gambit, she went to the basement and hung out with the caretaker. Spoiler yeah, alert, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Yeah. <laughs> but that, jan- that poor janitor, I mean, you got that job. You got to deal with all that yeah. crap that high. You probably just want to go to the janitor and watch a little porno over lunch or something, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and just flip, flip, like, flip, flip through some magazines <laughs> and just eat your sandwich in peace, right? And you got, you got Maury, best friend Maury <laughs> come to just like bring your bring your life down did he have a cot in that room or was it just no there was a cot there was interesting yeah, there was a cot by the sink yeah and your dad never thought this was weird huh that you he would never go knew. you would he go into a closet has no idea with a grown man who had a cot and that's how you would spend time during the day at school, huh? Yeah, there's no, idea. no way. With all this porno. That I don't nobody... know if there was porno, by the way. I just <laughs> I made that up. Now, I did try and be cool once. I stole a bag of potato chips from the convenience store. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then and what she came out. The lady that ran it came outside. I immediately threw the chips on the ground going, not me. Okay. So <laughs> you tried to be cool in front of who? Oh, that was my friend Jolt. 
Jolt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is like a made-up story, made-up story. Made Jolt Molnar. Right. Oh, what, what does Jolt Molnar do now? Oh, he's Find him on Facebook? No, he's in, yeah, he's in insurance. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doing well, three kids. <laughs> Just celebrated his anniversary yeah. last week. It was beautiful. <laughs> Red car, pandemic's really bringing him around. They're a travel family, you know. <laughs> Jolt. Okay. <laughs> what did Jolt say? What, then? Yeah. Oh, no, he ran away. Oh. He ran away. He ran away. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so so because my popular. group was Jolt, Benji Withers, and myself. Right, and we used to remember I, we used to play uh, Farmer. Outside. Right, right, right. That's right. I forgot about that. That you guys would play Farmer outside. Um, what was, was so cool? Something I wanted to do as a teenager that I never did. I don't know, man. Like broke as a joke. I guess travel. Like get out of the city, yeah. go different places. Yeah, really, but yeah. couldn't afford it. I tried inventing things. Like I tried inventing cologne. <laughs> By doing what? Like mixing herbs and other cologne. So wait a second. You tried to invent cologne by using cologne? Like what, what Do were you, you mean like a new scent? Yeah, I was trying to create a new scent. But what what was your base? What were you starting with? Oh, a cologne. But Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my dad's Fahrenheit and I'd mix things in it like basil and mint and then I'd ask my dad to wear it to work and of course he wouldn't. Okay. I wonder why. So, so you were a oh, young. No wonder he was single for so long. And then at home, I used to like when my when I was home alone, I would create. <laughs> Should I? Okay. Yeah. So I would create um, murders, <laughs> murder scenes by because I found police caution tape. So I would caution tape off uh, my dad's bedroom, right? And like um, cut out red paper and put it on the ground and like pretend it was like a murder scene or whatever. And I'd wear my Sherlock Holmes hat. This is why we spent my day. So wait a second. So you would create a crime and then you would try and solve the crime? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Must have been a very quick game. <laughs> Can't just really want that, to be that's popular. A, that's a, that's, what do you call that? It's not a who did. It's a I done it. <laughs> <laughs> who done it? I did. Game over. I did it. It was me all along. <laughs> all right. We got a food question here from Merrick. Yeah. So you're on the TV show Chopped. Sure. And the four ingredients you have to work with are... A street hot dog, mm. Sour Patch Kids candy, Oof. artichoke, and miso paste. What do you make? Hot dog? Yeah. Okay, so hold on here. What is it? Hot dog, Sour Patch Kids, artichoke, and miso paste. Okay, so first of all, this is a terrible basket on Chopped. Uh-huh. So it's Disgusting. It's well, hot dog? Yeah, Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Artichoke and miso paste. Well, one would assume that uh, everything goes on the hot dog. Like, one would assume that the artichoke, miso, and Sour Patch Kids are the toppings of your hot dog. What is a miso paste? What is that? It's for miso soup. Um, okay. So well, my, see, at first, you're kind of right, Maury, where you would just make the hot dog and everything else would be a topping. But why couldn't you, because it has miso paste, why couldn't you make a soup? I just get like, or a and chop up the hot dog and have the hot dog in there, and then also throw in the sour patch kids. But or then a, I very lazy way of. of what about a deconstructed hot dog where you chop up the hot dog, it's in one pile, and then you have everything on the plate separately, and then you sort of mix, and then you pick it up with your fork, and then mix it into each thing. Right. Okay. So um, I'll tell you right now, uh, having been on Chopped, uh-huh. uh, both how'd of, you do? Both both of you would lose if you decided to do a hot dog and use those things as a topping of the hot dog. 
That's the last thing. But what they about want. Mocha saying soup? Mm. So soup would be the soup would be one way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that what I might do, I would be inclined to melt down the Sour Patch Kids, mm-hmm. turn it into a glaze, and I would candy the hot dog with that glaze, mm. melt it down, and then pour that glaze over top of the hot dog so it's a big, shiny wiener, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, a big, shiny wiener, and then I would probably put that on a bed of um, artichoke hearts, mm-hmm. And make a miso reduction, and <laughs> either use it as a dip or pour it over the or pour it over the top. <laughs> so I don't know what else to do. I know, but you, you have you, to. You, you have to melt. You have to melt down the gummies, though. You have oh, to melt down the gummies. Yeah. See, I was going to say, if you turned the hot dog into little boats, and the Sour Patch Kids are the people in the boat in the soup. Yeah, you would lose. That's creative. No, you would lose though because, because maybe you're, you're, you're not, not using all the. It's not a food. Properly, like yeah. you're not you're not making something that somebody would eat. Like you can't say like what they want on those shows is they want you to say to look at those ingredients and they want you to say uh, they would be like the judges would say okay uh, Maury and what have you prepared for us? I, I prepared a miso soup with artichoke and a hot dog boat with people. Okay, right. So you would lose. Right? Wouldn't they go? Wouldn't they at least say, "Oh, that's very creative"? No, because what is a hot dog boat with people? Nobody wants to eat people. No, but it's cute. Kids would enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, they want. It's all about the description, right? Yeah. They want you to say. They want you. They want you to take those ingredients and do a, you know, reduced gummy glaze. Or a yes, or shiny wiener sounds very sexy. Or you know, with the hot dog, like you could call it like an all American puree. Yeah, right. Like that's what they want you to do. Like if you if you pureed the hot dog down in inside a little bit of like water with some of the miso in it and turned it into a um, uh, a smoothie of some sort, <laughs> like a hot dog well, miso smoothie. Is it all in the with, description if I did the same thing and described it differently? Yeah, like you have to... Like, like miso far from shore in my hot dog boat. No, no. That just sounds racist. That, that <laughs> sounds actually very racist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just asking. Okay. If you're asking if it's racist, that, that, was, yeah. that, was, that, that was racist. It's 100% racist. <laughs> yeah. Even shows in the other room. He, he looked shocked that what he said what he just said. Yeah, yeah. However, but you know what? Like, here's my thing. Here's my thing with that. For me, it, it, there's 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 a fine line in this one because I have said before, right? Like, because to me, there's a play on words. But the play on words just happen to sound racist because I know that I, I've been in, in an environment before where somebody has taken a sip of miso soup and they say miso hot. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where it's like, man, it's like it's questionable, but I don't know if it's overt. Right? Like it's a play on words and I don't know. Anyway, we'll just stay away from that from now on. Uh, Robin says here, who makes you laugh more than anyone else? My kid. Mm-hmm. My dead grandfather. Still? No, I just remember back back in the day. Oh, oh but like right now, man. Like you laugh at him. He's dead. <laughs> he's, dead. <laughs> he's not around anymore. He's dead. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, who who now though, Maury, makes you laugh more than anybody else? My friend John in Montreal. Who? You've never we've worked with you for ten years. You've never said John in Montreal. But it's no. true. My friend John Kennedy in Montreal, he and I text we pun each other often. He's a, the best at puns. He makes me laugh often. Okay. First of all, I don't know if there is a John Kennedy in Montreal, but you say that the most you've laughed 
the person who makes you laugh the hardest well, is mean, a guy I'm, who I'm, texts you puns. <laughs> and we used to eat bacon together. That's not laughing, though. No, the question we would, was, la- we would the, laugh the, the, the Is this a guy that anytime he would visit the city, you guys would go for breakfast? Yes. After see? the show? Yes, see? And okay. my, I've heard of John from Montreal. I don't really think he's a real guy. No. Uh, but John from Montreal is allegedly the person who also told Maury that at Niagara Falls, they turn off the falls at night. Very okay. funny. Okay. Uh, I can yeah, guarantee uh-huh. you I've made you laugh more no, in the know, past two years than John from Montreal. Room. I, I don't think it's no, fair no, for no, me no, to no. say no, you. No, it says here, who makes you who laugh makes more you than laugh anyone more else? More than anyone else. Oh, well, you guys. Right. But I thought, like, in your, like, outside of here in your life, it would be John in Montreal. <laughs> if I can't say you, it's okay. John Nobody in Montreal. Nobody said you couldn't say us, though. Okay, it was an assumption. Okay, yeah. Okay. Is it because we didn't say you? Well, they haven't asked you yet. Yeah, I said my kid. Oh. And then <laughs> there's really nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> but give me John's number. I'd like to get in on this uh, on this pun text. Oh, oh my group chat. Yeah, why don't you add him to the group chat, Maury? <laughs> now it's just me, John, and Ron. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of that group. To be honest with you, that would be weird. Because then I'd have to contribute. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? And I don't. And I don't. And I don't want to contribute. And every couple of days or a couple of weeks, would be like they'd be outing you. They'd be like, "Yo, uh, where are you at with I, the ones?" I know. I know. I, I can't <laughs> contribute. Hello, to that. are you going to participate? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just stealing our puns and using them in life, right? <laughs> and he's not even. He's not even contributing to the group. <laughs> I would have to say, yeah, my son Cruz makes me laugh probably the most because he's at that age where he just does so much like funny, hysterical. Stuff yeah. that he doesn't like, he doesn't necessarily mean for them to be funny and hysterical. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you find that you laugh at him, though, huh? Oh, yeah, you know I mean? all the like, time. And then I feel the, bad because then he recognizes that I'm laughing yeah, know, at something he did, but I it's know. not like in a in a mean way, right? No. Not no, mean at all. No, and then but he'll get like embarrassed uh, and stuff. Yeah, but the older they get, the more they become in on the joke, mm-hmm. which is great. Right. Oh but, my God. Uh, but yeah, you laugh. Yeah. Like, I used to laugh at kids. Yeah, like, you at know what he did yesterday? Time. This made me laugh. I had like tears in my eyes from both laughter and because I was so proud of him. Yeah. He, uh, he was sitting on the couch and he walks right up to me and he turns around and he bends over and he lets one rip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I just farted. I'm like, I know I heard. God damn, I was laughing so See, hard. That's funny though. Like that that to me, that change that's a day changing kid move. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you could be having a terrible day and when your three year old walks up and bends one over and blasts one in your face, like that's a day changer for me. Yeah, like, he's it, at the age where like farts are like really oh, funny. Oh yeah. What does Jenna think? What, about his farts? Yeah. She thinks it's hysterical as Perfect. well. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hithart says here, hey, Mocha, I'm moving to Calgary soon. What Oof. are some fun things to do out there? I will say, if there's one regret that I have, is when I lived in Calgary for eight months, I did not get out of my apartment and experience the city right. at all. Right. It was the first time I'd moved out of my parents' place, and I was so paranoid that... Anything I spent money on other than survival was going to be a waste. So I didn't even, like, on weekends, I stayed home. And for the first six months that I lived there, Mm. I didn't have a television. Or I had a TV, but I didn't have cable. Right. And, like, people would lend me, like, DVDs and stuff. What do you wish you had done, though? Like, I don't know. I've been to What is it? What are they? What are they? I've been to Calgary, like, many times. In the summertime, it's amazing, because I went to visit my friend Amanda there, and we, uh, you, everybody goes into the Bow River with, like, 
um, little inflatable boats and stuff, and you just lounge in the and use it as a lazy river. So you lounge around in the bow. Mm. Okay. I'm telling it you, there were be. lots of people in the boat, but you got to get out quick before the end, or you die. Okay. To me, that sounds like like a trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, it sounds yeah. like you were... here. Get into this inflatable tube and go in the river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only one boat, Maury, so we have to do it one at a time. You go first, <laughs> and then and then and then scooch around the river and come back. Come meet us back here in a yeah. couple hours, right? And, we'll and, then, and, then, and then and then and then one of us will go. But that never happens. It no, sounds just, like a trick to me. I just wish that I, I got around the city the city a little bit more yeah. um there were a bunch like man there were so many bars out there that people would always tell me about you got to check this out you got to check this out and i was just like i wish i could have gone mm-hmm. i just didn't because i was saving every single cent yeah i was just paranoid that i wouldn't make rent at the end of the month were you single when you went out there yeah yeah and so you couldn't go to any of those those like the boob no, bars huh? i did like i did like um like company just like staff outings oh yeah but that was yeah. when the company was paying for so it, anybody right? listening to this right now and if you didn't grow up in calgary but you grew up anywhere in canada there was the legend of these boob bars in mm-hmm. in calgary the, the most popular one was cowboys Yes, where, I heard of that where, place. Where the, the legend oh. was, and I don't even know if this is true, but but the legend and the draw, and I don't think that they did anything to this to dispel the the legacy of this place, but what made it so popular and why it became such a huge tourist attraction was the legend goes that if you were a woman and worked there and wanted to get breast implants, the owner would pay for them. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. a bar that was populated by a staff of all very large-breasted women. And that was the sort of, that was the myth of cowboys. I don't even know if that's true, but that was the myth of cowboys if you didn't grow up inside Alberta or or Calgary specific. Also the same bar that they filmed Cool Runnings at. I don't, is it? (laughs) I don't know. Come on, man. Like... (laughs) Fun fact. I don't know. Fun fact. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, and I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. I don't know. I heard but of that. that place. That's that was the that was the story, and that that's sort of the the thing that I know about Calgary. Like a lot of like places that you you think of in this country when you think of their their kind of nightlife and everything else. Toronto was just exploding at that time yeah. in the in the nineties and two thousands with with nightlife. Um, but Calgary, the only thing that I ever heard about Calgary when it came to the nightlife was this place called Cowboys. I well, they, I wish I, I I really do wish I got out more. And I'll tell you the first like actual mall like the big big mall out there that i went to i went there like a couple months maybe two months before i moved away from calgary right back to toronto that's how like much i was staying at home i didn't even like i had everything mapped out where a certain amount of money went to towards my my transit Mm -hmm. and i could only I, i only paid enough to go from home to work work to home right so I was, uh, that's one thing. And I remember. No disposable income. You couldn't nothing. like go out and get lit. Did you have any friends there? Like, did you have anybody? Just work friends. Yeah, just work. Yeah. So you didn't have anybody who could say, hey, listen, let's go out and get absolutely destroyed. No. Because it's a work person and that person obviously would yeah, find out. Yeah, it was out all you, you work people and yeah. anything I did uh, outside of work was because of work and right. with work people. Right. right. I didn't know if you listened to the beginning of this, but Maury has no problem doing things with work people. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're referring to? Oh, yeah, but it wasn't a work person. Oh, oh sure. Here, sure okay, it wasn't. Okay. I was talking about the janitor, by the way. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> 
All right, uh, Jamie says here, pre-COVID, have you ever sent a meal back because it wasn't to your liking? What was that experience like? I am terrified of confrontation. Mm-hmm. And unless it is, like, unless the meal comes to me and it's just full stop not what I ordered, yeah. Um, then I will send it back. Like, if I order steak mm-hmm. and when they bring it to me, what I get is the fish, Right. Then I will send it back because that's just clearly the wrong thing. A mistake happened. This is somebody else's meal that you've that you've served to me. Um, But if there's like a problem, like if I order medium rare and my steak comes well, will I send it back? No. Uh, If I ordered fries and I get mashed, will I send it back? No. If I order um, like some I don't even know another example. If I order eggs, if I order sunny side up and I get an omelet, will I send it back? No. Uh, I'm so terrified of confrontation in a restaurant and so terrified that somebody's going to spit on my food Yeah, that I won't send it. I grew up with a dad, okay, that I remember specifically being at a Swiss chalet. And this had to have been like Mother's Day because it was the only time of year we ever went to Swiss chalet. Uh. And I remember I was with somebody, maybe like a young girlfriend I had at the time where she ordered the chicken sandwich and she took a bite in the chicken sandwich and there was a bone. Yeah. And I remember my dad picking up the plate. Oh, no. Walking over to where all the waiters hung out, bringing the waiter over to the table, having the waiter apologize to the girl at the table. And then my dad opened up the thing and told the guy he wouldn't serve this to his dog. Oh! And then and then handed him the plate and made him go back and get a new one. Right, Savage. like yeah, like I grew, oh. I grew up, and the same thing. And my, and, clap? and my mom, and my mom was savage too with, yeah. with wait staff, savage. So I grew up with such embarrassment that something was going to go wrong because then my parents were going to send it back, right? So I don't, I don't do that anymore. Like, Yo, I don't, your pops made that guy, yeah, like, bro, question his life. Honestly, honestly, it was so traumatizing to me <laughs> yeah. that like I still remember. I, and my brother to this day, my brother's almost 50. Uh-huh. To this day, my brother, if he ever, if we're ever together and he finds a bone in something, my brother always looks at me and goes, I wouldn't even serve this to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how, that's how impactful that moment was to both, wow. to, both, to both me and my brother. Yeah. So do I send something back? No. And even if they do get my order wrong, it uh-huh. never affects my tip. Like it never, I will never. What wasn't the waiter, the waiter's fault? No, it was exactly. The yeah. Stuff. I will never take it out on, on the, on the tip. My tip, regardless of the quality of food, everything else is always across the board. The exact same. Hey, let me ask you guys this. Do you guys tip more now during COVID than oh, you did hard. before? As, like when you're doing like takeout, skip the dishes or any type of delivery or anything? Oh, uh, geez. I don't know. I don't know. My pro. Okay. Because on Uber Eats, you can select the tip, so you can, you can pick the percentage. What do you? What percentage do you generally pick? Normally, I would do 18. 18. Now I'm doing uh, like 20, 25. You do 25%? Depending on what I'm ordering. Like, I ordered six cookies yesterday. Yeah? So Don't I tell me you did guy. 25%. I did, because I'm like, the wow. guy brought six cookies. And how much was that? It came out to like twenty five bucks. But if you order food, Six but cookies? but but if you order food, if you and Matthew order dinner and it's fifty bucks, you're gonna tip twenty five dollars. No, that was eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. I really base it on so what twenty to twenty dollars plus yeah. the service charges and everything else. Yeah. So if you order dinner that's fifty bucks, that's a hundred dollars basically. I just what you're looking right now, for, right? I just well, and plus Matthew's telling me too. But I feel uh, really bad for these people because <laughs> yeah. I'm told to feel bad for these people. Right. No, I would. I've tip uh, a lot of places. I will do. Um, I'll do 20%. 
Yeah. 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 It's, 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 God, it's tough with Uber though, because that, that dollar figure starts climbing and climbing and climbing. Right. You know, like, cause my, my thing is this. Oh, you can what, buy what, the Uber. Sorry to interrupt. I, I subscribe to the Uber monthly pass, okay. which brings down, there's like the service charges and everything like that. Cause you spend, is it $6 a month to be a member? Right. Yeah. Cause I just, my problem is this with, with delivery services in general mm-hmm. is that you go through you go through and you say, okay, I want two burgers. They're $15 each with fries and everything else. Okay, that's 30 bucks. And then you're like, $30, $30. Okay, that's fine. And then you go through and you like the tip. And then, but by the time you get to it, that $30 becomes 55 yeah. in the blink of an eye. And I don't understand, like, I'm like, I don't get how that happened. Right. And it's not all tip. Like it's just all this other stuff. So the problem with Uber that they have is that by the time you go to like checkout and everything, it's like they stack it and stack it and stack it. And you have all these extra charges that the where people wind up reducing is then they go back and they say, I'm not tipping 15 percent. I have to tip five because I just can't spend that yeah. much. I can't, I can't, I can't get any of that other money. I know, I, I know, but that's, I'm just I, telling uh, you what people do yeah, is they don't go back to their order and start taking stuff off their order. Mm-hmm. What they do is they look at that dollar figure and they, and they, they go after the fact, how can I trim this? Because I can't really spend $55. I get, got to get this to at least below do, 50 and they take it out on the do tip. Do the Uber delivery people only make money on the tip or do they get money? Like don't if you tip know. zero, do they still make something? I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think know. they do. I, uh, I don't ever since COVID do. started, I have only done curbside pickup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you have, you haven't done Uber? Nope. No. no Uber, no skip the dishes, nothing. Only because I, I, I'm still very, like, paranoid of sure. people in the environment. Like, I don't know if the person that's driving my food to the house, they could be an anti-masker and didn't wash their hands right. and coughing up a storm in that car. And then they go and yeah. pick up the bag and, and I mean, it, it, it to me, right? our condo, you they leave it on a table. Like, I don't yeah. meet up with the person, right? So it's left on a table. We I only have. do curbside pickup. We try to do, like, once a week, we'll order hmm. out from a local restaurant. Yeah. Um, just to show love, whatever. Yeah. And we will give a little more than what we normally would. Okay, so I felt bad for this. So I ordered $100 worth of food. Uh-huh. So it was three pizzas, two orders of meatballs, and sides, mm. right? Like it was, it was like a, it was like one hundred and twenty-five dollars worth of food. Jeez. Yeah, and Uber came, right? And the Uber driver walked up to the door, and I opened the door, and she handed me a bag that was the size of what somebody would pack a single lunch in to take for the day. Yeah, small little paper bag. She, she goes, "Here you go," and I go, "Well, where's the rest of it?" And she goes. <laughs> What did you order? And I was like, there's like three pizzas and like sides and everything else. And she goes, oh, my God. She goes, I just dropped your order off at a, at another house. <gasps> right? Oh, no. She goes, hang on. I'll go get it. I go, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't go to somebody's house who has already opened up my order with their hands. And yeah. she's like, no, you're absolutely right. And she goes, why would they do that? She goes, the person obviously knew that this is what they ordered. But yet she went to their house with three pizzas and two other bags and they were like, oh my God, happy to take it. Yeah. Right? Like she, like they just accepted it like it was nothing. And I go, what do I do here right now? Because I don't want to get you in trouble. I go, what do I do? Do I call Uber? She's like, yeah. She's like, just just call Uber. And then she gets back to her car and she goes, hang on a second. She goes, can you please not call Uber? Because she's going to get pulled off the road. Right? Yeah. Oh, she no. goes, can you please not call Uber? And I go, okay, cool. She goes, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take myself offline and I'm going to go back to the restaurant and reorder your entire order. So she comes back like a half hour later 
and my the entire order was there, but mm-hmm. she ordered it on her own Uber account. Oh no! And she because paid all for it. because all our bags oh, no. had her name on it. Yeah, right. And she reordered it on her oh, Uber no. account, and then so she made sure that I got it, and then she said, um, "Just do me a favor and." Um, when, you know, Uber, you're going to get a message saying that they've, that they've canceled the order. She's like, cause I'm going to do it on this end and I'm just going to tell Uber that there was a problem. Yeah. So I got my money back. Right. And the food. And the, and the, and the food. But the she, correct food and the incorrect food. But I didn't know, no, that, I didn't, I didn't know that I was getting the money back. Oh, gotcha. Right. So, so like hours later, I got a message from Uber saying that because she told me not to contact Uber, so I, I wasn't going to. But hours later, I wound up getting a message from Uber saying that I had a refund on my order. So I got the refund, and she bought the entire order for me personally. Wow. Personally. So what do you do? I, there's no way to contact her. Oh, I would feel so bad. Yeah, I felt terrible. I felt terrible, but I didn't snitch on her, right? Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get yeah. her in trouble. No, but that means but, that, uh, that sh- the money she made that night, she probably made nothing because zero dollars. Sure, I'm sure it was yeah. zero. The guy yeah, already yeah. feels bad. Yeah, I feel bad. Gonna... Yeah, you don't God. think I thought of that, man? <laughs> like, like no, I'm right. trying to understand right. the severity <laughs> of the situation. Yeah, no, we all I understand. Know. I understand he the severity. It's a fantastic story. Right? We all get it? Yeah, man. I get it. And her gas. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get all of it, man. Right. I'm going to anyway. Man. Yeah. So anyway, so it was it was terrible. And I didn't How know was what the to, pizza? and I didn't know it was great. It was awesome. Everything was everything was amazing. Yeah. But, I, but I really, really felt terrible because the last thing I wanted to do was get somebody in trouble. Yeah. I never want to get somebody in trouble. Right. I just it's just not me. I never want to complain about somebody. I will sort of take God, I'll take all the crap. Right. I'll take it all. But when you show up and I, and you, and you know, I ordered three pizzas and all these sides and you give me like a salad, yeah. not, not even from the restaurant that I ordered from. Yeah. I ordered Swiss Chalet a few months ago and you'd always, the quarter dinner or whatever comes with fries. Yeah. None of the fries were there. I didn't even complain. No quarter, huh? Yeah. Quarter chicken dinner. You were a quarter? I, two quarter chicken dinners. Really? Well, I don't want the whole chicken. No, half. No, oh, no, we ordered quarter chicken. You ordered quarters? Yeah. Like what, quarter dark or quarter white? Quarter white. White. Quarter white. Yeah. Interesting. Why? I only ever get half. Oh. That's too half, much. Half chicken fries. Oh. Yeah. No, I do quarter chicken, no bun. Oh, I've never I've never ordered the quarter. Really? No, I'm like quarters for children. No, that's satisfying. That's what my kid eats. My kid eats the quarter. Yeah, it's satisfying. Yeah, no, I more, get the half. I think the more popular no. personal meal is a quarter chicken quarter dinner. Quarter chicken. Really, huh? Yeah. I've yeah. only ever ordered half. Huh. No, oh. I only eat like to be satisfied, not to be like fully stuffed. But now, but you also order the poutine. I've don't yeah, say I do it like that, that Maurice. Well. I poutine. Do, I do order nobody, the poutine nobody, as no, well. Nobody, nobody, knows. <laughs> nobody, nobody, no, nobody wants to hear somebody say poutine who's not <laughs> speaking French right before they say poutine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, uh, find us on Instagram at kiss nine two five. That is where uh, we post poutine. a picture that reads "Ask Razamoka." That is where you ask your questions. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Razamoka Show podcast with poutine. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.